Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Hey, schmackamagob, I am Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac. Do not confuse me with Lindsey Buckingham, the solo artist, because that guy sucks. And with me is... Oh, yeah. What work in your butt? It's Wadzilla, also known as Bob Welsh, the guy who quit Fleetwood Mac right before they got big. That's about my luck. Were you better as a solo artist, Barb? Or were you better in... <laughs> Did you say Barb? It's Bob. Um. Oh. oh, I thought it was Barb. Barb <laughs> Uh That's debatable. Uh, I think he had his most success with his first solo album. But mostly, he's like one of those... Guys, like that dude from uh, uh, Gin Blossoms that killed himself because he quit Gin Blossoms right before they put out a record or he got kicked out or whatever. And then they, you know, got huge and he killed himself. But, uh, yeah, Bob Welsh found more success, I think, after Fleetwood Mac, but still, like, died a bitter man. Because right, Fleetwood yeah, Mac I, I, need, I need for you to do me a favor later in the show. Mm-hmm. You're going to crack your next beer. Yeah. Make me stop talking and announce it, because your beer crack did not record for some reason on the opening of the show. But stick around, kids. You're going to get the beer crack on the next beer that Ian opens. Just give me a warning to remain silent, all right? All right, fuck it. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to crack another one. Okay, That's go ahead. Roll. Oh, yeah. It didn't, dude, there's something wrong, man. It doesn't come out. Oh, oh, I got to do another? Shit, I'm going to get drunk. Well, man, yeah, just let me know when it's time to crack another. You don't have to do it now. All right. Well, you kids know that I've, I've got like three open ones right now. So there you go. Yeah, well, dr- drink up. It's good for the liver. Yes. Correct, sir. You are yeah. right, boss. So what's happening, dude? Oh, well, uh, oh, boy, so much shit happened since our last episode. Um, I, I want to say, first and foremost, I have a brand new supercomputer. Uh, so no more problems with uh, on my end. I should say. Uh, And not only no more problems with us recording, but now we can finally do the live streams on YouTube and I will be making my uh, first live stream appearance on video uh, on your show Thursday. Yes, on Almost Human Live Thursday. Yes. Joining us as Ian joins myself, Martin Popoff, Wayne from Rap Style Reviews, Manny and my good friend Tony Dio as we discuss presence versus in through the outdoor. Yeah, it's it ooh, it'll be brutal. It's a landslide. Yeah. And uh yeah, that'll be fun. And also, uh to flash back to last week's episode, remember, I told you all, you know, that donate to Ian for him to get a computer. But yeah. Ian's got the computer now, so now we're going to switch it over to donate for me for street drugs, because that shit ain't cheap. 
Yes, yes. Uh, no, it was very sweet what you were going to do. But you know what? I decided to do it the old-fashioned way. I got out on the street corner and I sucked enough cock that I had some money to buy a computer. And I feel better, you know? I, I mean, my stomach's a little upset, my mouth hurts, but, you know, I earned it myself. And, uh, you know, didn't have to do a GoFund yourself. Uh, which leads me into uh, subsection B of holy shit what happened since the last episode. Which did phenomenal by the last way. By, by the way, <laughs> by the last way. Um, holy shit, last week's episode. Turns out people love it when we just go freeform <laughs> and uh, you know, they don't have to sit through a fan-picked episode. We didn't even have anything to talk about, but you put Kiss in the fucking title and you just let us talk about what we're passionate about and holy shit, did it do good. Yeah, like like Kiss. We're very passionate when it comes to Yeah, that. yeah. It, it's probably more putting Kiss in the title, but... <laughs> But wait till you see the title of this week's episode. Well, yeah. you know, you kids listen to this, you'll already see it. But... And Ian, just like last week, I did it again. I went on the page and asked people to ask us questions. So if the questions don't suck, we'll have viewer mail later on this episode. Nice. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Yeah, we are the greatest. Now, now, who does that, huh? Who runs their show with their with their nutty audience? But us. Yeah, only we're dumb enough to do that. Yeah. But hey, it, it worked out last week. I was pleasantly surprised. You know, I got some good questions and stuff we could run with, and uh, yeah, I like the feedback on that episode. So we're doing it again. We are gonna, you know, get back to the, uh, you know, finally finish up the um, paid episodes. But in a little bit, you know, we're kind of having fun with this right now and everything's working good. So let's keep going. Um, I understand you went to a con. We were recording this on Sunday because yesterday you went to a concert. How'd that go? Well, since we've lost on the show, I've been to two concerts. Oh, shit. I went, you? I went to go see Noel Gallagher. Oh, I know. I know you love that. Yeah. And he was phenomenal. And hung out with one of our viewers. Uh, I don't know if you know him yet, Ian. His name is Travis. Do you know Travis? Uh, last name start with a P? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a big yeah. fan of our show. And uh, what happened was my brother ended up getting four free tickets for me. So nice. I gave one ticket to the guy that drove me there, and I gave the other ticket to Travis. And we're hanging out, you know, and Travis is tell they're telling me little things about our podcast. Oh, in this episode, you guys did this and that. And he talked about the one where I threw up. <laughs> I love that. Remember people said that was a lie? <laughs> Dude, that's really? Show, yeah, there were some people saying that I was pretending to be drunk and throwing up. Oh, that shit was real. Uh, well, back when it aired, that's what I heard some people saying that. Uh, no, that shit was real. Even though it was so bizarre, I ended up in some house with some strange chick that night. Yeah, I remember that phone call the next day. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Noel came out. He was phenomenal. You know, Noel said something to the press that he should never say. I don't know anybody should ever say this, but Noel's been complaining that, you know, because he opens his show with like four or five new songs. And, right. no, and everybody's like perplexed. They don't know what's going on. 
And he's like, you know, fucking buy the record, you know? Well, let me tell you, man, this show, the people were into the new songs. And you can, and you can even tell Noel was a little surprised, too, by it. And it was good. It was good. He started to show a few new songs and a couple. Then he went into a couple of the older, the songs from his first few solo albums. And then he ended the show with like four or five Oasis songs, including a very rare one called, called uh, uh, Going Nowhere. It's a B-side that he's never played. And he's been playing it at all these shows. So to me, that's a huge treat. And, my favorite, Little by Little, Don't Look Back in Anger, Live Forever, uh, Master Plan, which is like his masterpiece. It was phenomenal. Now, here's the thing. I didn't stay for garbage. And when we left, dude, there, I'm not lying, dude. I, there was like fucking like five, 600 people with us leaving. It was like, I think we all should have headlined this show, you know? So what is it? One of those where they switch, or is he constantly the opener? It's a co-headline thing, right? Yeah, but at, you know, there's plenty of co-headline tours, but sometimes they establish right at the beginning, you know, who goes on first, who yeah, goes I on think, last. Yeah, and sometimes they switch it up. No, I don't think they switch it up on this tour. And yeah, I don't think it was a wise move to have them open, man, because fucking look at you know a lot of the crowd left. You know, I'm serious. It was it was a pain in the ass getting out of the parking lot. So many cars, you know. Oh, well, they're they're idiots, man. They should have stayed and watched garbage. I like me some garbage. Fuck, but hey, you know, a lot of people bitched about, you know, oh, this band's charging so much. You know, that band's charging so much. This sounds like a good tour. It's selling so bad. They're giving tickets away. Yeah, right on. Right. On. I'd go see it, though. Honestly, I'd, I'd go see it. I enjoyed No Gallagher very much when we went. And uh, I, I even like garbage, so yeah, I, I would have checked that out. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie L stayed, and he said garbage was great. Um, yeah, now go. you know. Now here's the funny thing, and and for a split second, I did consider it. Last week was Father's Day, and right. you know, and I t- I'm telling my brother about the Noel Gallagher thing. He said, "Oh man, I think I got you tickets. We found two free tickets." And then he said, "Hey, you want some tickets for tonight to go see Duran Duran?" Oh! I'm serious. For a second, I thought of going. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I go, nah, I ain't gonna go. You, well, dude, you would have cleaned up. You would have got you some fucking guilt pussy, man. You would have had a good time. Uh, well, I got a report from Charlie Hill, who I figure is a Duran Duran fan since he went to the show. He told me it sucked so bad. Really? Yeah, he said it was a horrible show that they were just shit. And I was like, well, I could have told you that. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah. So that's a Charlie Hill, um, you know, report. Now, Charlie Hill, I saw at Noel Gallagher. And, you know, I told him, meet me at the t-shirt, dude. And, and of course, Charlie being the cool dude he is, he got me a Noel Gallagher t-shirt. Oh, man. I'm surprised but, he didn't buy you Noel Gallagher. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know what Charlie does, but he does it well. Yeah, holy right, shit. maybe either. But... Anyway, so we're at the team, and he goes, hey, man, we're going Saturday to see the Misfits, Megadeth, and Fear. You want to come with us? And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. It's too close notice. and fucking tap as far as fuck. Then I thought about it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, dude. And, you know, I had a friend with a ticket, but his friend ended up buying a ticket. But 
Charlie ended up, I didn't, you know, I paid for the ticket, but Charlie got me a really good seat for a really good price. So, um, so I end up going, Charlie lives about an hour from me. It's a, it's a hell of a drive. And from there, it's three and a half hours to Tampa. So I go to Charlie and then we leave really early because we want to meet up with Edwin Canastracci. Yeah. Where's it? Okay. Wow. Um, and we did. We got up there, went to this cool, um, oh, what was the name of the place? Fat something. Fat tuna. I forgot. Fat Rabbit. That was the name of it. Fat Rabbit. And, you know, we had some grub and we hung out with Edwin. We talked music. It was a lot of fun, man. Edwin's a cool dude. Yeah. Why wasn't he going to the show? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so uh, so we, I go, hey, you know, theater's going to start kind of soon. Let's leave. You know, we left. I wish I could have hung out longer with him. But we got there, and the parking was horrendous, letting us into the parking. We parked far from the venue. We had to walk there. By the time we got there, I missed here. Now, yeah, that hurt. But I thought about it this way. I said, well, would I rather meet Edward Canastracci and Miss Fear, or would I rather see Fear and not meet Edward Canastracci? So I think I made the right call. So, oh, yeah. No, I mean, shit. Do both. I mean, I'd love to meet Edward, no, but man. I, I, believe me, I wish I could have seen Fear. I know, because you texted me earlier. We talked earlier in the week, and you told me that was who you were most yeah. excited to see. Yeah, and I, I looked up for you because <laughs> lucky enough, you know, I, I've talked about the show before. Not only did I see Fear, but I got to meet Lee Ving and help them bring in all their merch and shit like that. Uh, they did a lengthy set. I mean, I know it's like you know short songs, but they did a 15 song set with an encore. Uh, they played "Your Mouth Don't Stop." Fuck you, let's rodeo, Camarillo, give me some action, beat baloney, foreign policy, we destroy the family, null detector, bud club, New York's all right if you like saxophones, we gotta get out of this place, I love living in the city, I don't care about you, let's have a war and an encore of more beer. Yeah. So, yeah. pretty good set list for, uh, you know, them being like the first opening band, and, and I wanna say shout out to the Misfits, for putting them on the list, man. Cause I saw, you know, I saw them in a club. I mean, granted it was a great club in New Orleans, you know, and they were, they were headlining. It was like a, they called it like a SoCal punk tour. I got to see DI, Fear, um, Agent Orange. And I think there was somebody else, fucking killer show. But uh, yeah, yeah, big up on the Misfits for taking out Fear, man. That's, that's incredible. And you said they were playing when you walked in. Did you get to hear like yeah. any of it? Yeah, those okay. last songs you said, like "Let's Have a War," "I Don't Care About You." I I heard that while we were walking. Oh man! And also, oh, man. even getting in, it was kind of a pain in the ass. I don't know what was going on with the lady. Like our line wasn't moving, the other ones were. It's just one thing after the other, but whatever. And was this an indoor or outdoor? Oh, a huge, huge amphitheater. And it okay. was fucking packed. I mean, this place was packed. This ain't, as, uh, as far as I know, this ain't a tour. This is a one-off. 
Oh yeah, that, that's all they do anymore. The Misfits do like about maybe three or four shows a year, usually on the West Coast. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been to Tampa twice. Once I saw an Ozfest there at an outdoor place, and I saw Page and Plant there at an indoor place. But I couldn't tell you the name of the venue. Uh, you know, or you know how that shit works. They change the name every fucking couple of years. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's killer. But then, uh, after Fear, you get Megadeth. And you said you liked Megadeth, huh? I was very, very impressed by his band. The drummer was sick as hell. Yeah. Clemenzo, not a popular opinion, but I think he's better than, than Allison. I think he's a more solid bass player. Kiko is a freak. The guy is yeah. too good. Dave was playing amazing. Setless could have been better. Yeah, I, I, I looked that up too. I saw mechanics on the setlist of because I know some girl that got meet and greet and got the the setlist for the night. Mechanics right. was on the setlist. He didn't play it. Right. No, I know that. He did Dredge the Fugitive Mind, which is probably the deepest track and. And at least he did well, We'll Be Back, which to me is the best song off the last Megadeth. But goddamn, do I hate that song, Trust. Oh, I know. When I know. And th- yeah. And, and that funny, and that Dread in the Fugitive Mind, which, I don't know, maybe I got to listen to it again, but he plays that all the fucking time. Yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, I don't care for it. It's usually the second song, which it was in your set list as well. It, it's like always, like clockwork. Okay, we're opening up with Hanger, and then we go into Dread. I, I don't know. I remember thinking it was just like, eh, when I heard it. I mean, if I remember correctly, wasn't that like on a Greatest Hits I don't record? Think, I, think. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was like a new song on that one that has the tombstone on the cover that they put out in the early 2000s, but... Yeah, it did do nothing for me, but yeah, see, Hangar 18, Dread the Fugitive Mind, we'll be back, which I, I, I do like that. Uh, sweating Bullets, I can take or leave. Trust, like, get the fuck out of here, but they've never taken Trust out since it came out. It was, because it was, it was a big radio hit for them. I mean, I was in Florida when that song came out, and it was fucking huge, but yeah, that ain't my fucking Megadeth. Tornado of Souls. Uh, that know, was great. That was awesome. I love that. But then you got to see, at least you got to see Lee Ving come out and play with him. Now, I don't know if you're a fan of that album. I actually no. like it. No, I didn't the, like it. And I, I didn't like it, and I hated it even more when Mustaine did the vocals. Yeah, I've got them both myself. Yeah, I definitely agreed. I liked it better with Lee Ving than uh, with Mustaine doing it. And I thought, what a dick move that was to do. Like, you know, like, oh, you're blaming the, the failure of the record on Lee Ving, uh, which I thought was pretty shitty. And actually, I was surprised that Lee would come out and play with him after, you know, he did that. Because, I mean, he was kind of vocal about that at the time he did the re-release. That was back when they remastered and butchered all the old uh, Megadeth albums. Uh, God, like that fucking... that. Uh, so far, so good. So what's unlistenable? It's so bad and so tinkered with. Um, but you didn't care for it live either, huh? Uh, no, it was all right. It was. It, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was good. Um, it's because that band too, man. The band was fucking firing all cylinders. So 
So that sounded great. Dude, it all sounded great. I mean, Trust sucks, but they played it well. You know? Right. And, and Hangar 8, I mean, uh, Holy War was one of the better times I've ever seen them do that song was yesterday. It yeah. was really on, man. I mean, Mustaine played really, really that solo, like, really well. And it was awesome. I mean, I you know, I, I enjoyed it. So honestly, I went there going, yeah, what is this, my 20th time seeing Megadeth? Yeah, I'll watch them again, whatever. Because, dude, lately, not even lately, man, I'd say the past few years, I only listen to Peace Cells. On occasion, I'll put on the uh, Killing in My Business, but I just don't listen to later mega, anything after Peace Cells at all. You know, right. it's, you know, for the new album, I gave it, you know, which the new album is good, but I don't go back to it anymore. You know, and, and, and yeah. I did a track by track not too long ago for Megadeth Endgame. I haven't heard that album forever. That album's awesome. It's just something I don't know, man. Something about peace cells. It's like I don't want to listen to anything else. You know what I mean? But I was like, whatever. But I was really impressed. I thought Megadeth played very well. Uh, the the oh, the reaction was phenomenal. People went crazy during them. And Good. yeah, they gave a great, great, solid performance. So I got to give it to them. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a fan of this lineup. I really am. I'm kind of worried about uh, Kiko because I, I think he kicks ass. But man, the way fucking all uh, and we'll get into it in the news. But man, the way he's sucking Marty Freeman's dick, uh, I'm like wondering, if, like, is he just trying to take out a loan to have enough money to make Freeman come back, and then Nico Kiko's gone? No, but, uh, I, I think it's Dave Mustaine's way of of firing back at Allison that's been very right. vocal lately about Megadeth, you know? Oh, he's, always, he's bashing Megadeth a lot in the press. So I think Mustaine's way of saying, oh, yeah, well, you know what? Marty's the only one that did anything. Because right. you know, he is correct, dude. What, what does Allison have, like four bands? Yeah. And, and they all suck bad. But at the same time, what the fuck has Freeman really done? A bunch of fucking J-pop? Yeah, but that, I mean, but but he made a career out of it. You know, Mustaine's talking about, you know... Anybody, yeah, but it's a shit career. But it know? doesn't matter what he's talking about. Like, he made something of himself for, you know, Allison, right. like, you know, lucky if he opens a, a, for a band in a phone booth, you know? Yeah. And that's, hey. too, you know, hey, look, I'm not defending what Dave's saying. I'm just saying that's his way of getting back in, at Elson for for bashing Megadeth as of, as of recently because he would have never bashed Megadeth before because he needed the money, right? But now he knows he's never going to be back at Megadeth, so he's bashing them all he wants. All right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the the band. For those listening, after uh, Lee Bing came out, they did Symphony of Destruction, Peace Cells and uh then an encore of holy wars so you know a very predictable and that's my biggest problem with megadeth set but uh at least the performance was great all right well then the misfits came on and uh holy shit man are you lucky i've never seen the misfits as a matter of fact i'm trying to think if out of all the times i've seen danzig i don't think i've ever seen him where he was playing Misfit songs even, you know, because he didn't do that for like ever. He refused to play that shit. Uh, 
But I, I, I know I, when I texted you earlier in the week, I was like, oh, man, I hope he doesn't stink it up. Because last time I saw Danzig, uh, wasn't that impressive vocally. You know, it was, I enjoyed the show, but it's like uh, between the, the band he had and his vocals, it left a lot to be desired. So uh, spill the tea, man. What the fuck? How was the Misfits? Oh, they were amazing. And, and you know, Danzig couldn't fuck up. You know, Misfits is a different ty- style of singing. Right. He, he doesn't really sing in the Misfits, you know? He just bashes it out. And they opened with one of my favorite songs, Death Comes Ripping. Uh, they did everything I wanted to hear. and But what was very surprising is they did not play Attitude. Yeah. But that's okay. Because I saw Attitude sung by the great Duff McKagan with, <laughs> with Gilby Clark, Ted, <laughs> Teddy, the guy that played the harmonica. Yeah. And he was on the stage too. And fucking <laughs> Dizzy Reed. I saw those fuckers do attitude. Oh, so I'm good. Uh, yeah, yeah. After that, I'd never want to hear attitude again, anyway. <laughs> but uh, Danzig was in very good spirits last night. You know, nice. He was like, "Motherfucking Tampa, you didn't think we were gonna forget Florida, did you?" You know, he was, you know, playing around, and then he's like, "You guys want to hear an old song or like a newer old song?" And like a newer old song was like, you know. The later Misfits before, right? And yeah, it was an amazing set list. They did everything I wanted to hear. Um, you know, I loved Green Hell, and of course, the great Dave Lombardo on the drums, killing it. Yeah, you know, and Jerry Only and Frankenstein. I mean, they were all up there. They were on fire, man. They really played with a lot of energy, and you know, it was it was just fucking awesome and the the way the stage was you know they had screens and stuff and they would play like horror movie clips during some of the songs and also like you know the footage of john f kennedy getting his head blown off uh yeah during different songs and like you know vampira came out you know that old movie and Uh it was just fucking phenomenal dude and it was just a ripping set, dude. A ripping, ripping set. And they didn't fuck around, dude. And Danzig sounded amazing. The band was on fire. There was a part, unfortunately, I had to sit down because I, I, I'm not one to get affected by heat, but yesterday he did it to me. So, yeah, some of it I didn't see. I'd say maybe three, four songs. I had to sit down, man. I was getting really fucking like, dehydrated. It was, and then I had to leave actually to get water, and I had to get water for Daniela too. She was also feeling the heat, you know. And but um, yeah, and and also I gotta bring up Charlie, Charlie and Daniela, you know. Awesome. Yeah, it was just so awesome going up there with them and coming back. And Charlie gave me a Black Sabbath beer. There's a Black Sabbath beer. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, I obviously I couldn't drink it. So I brought it home and it's still sealed and it's part of my collection now. And awesome. Can't wait to come visit you and drink that shit. No, no, no. Hide, <laughs> hide that shit from me. <laughs> and yeah, it's a limited edition thing. And it's just, they're just great people, dude. You know, I, I can't say, I can't talk, you know, you know it, man. Charlie and Danielle are just straight up great oh. to hang out with. and. Uh, oh, yes. 
But it was a brutal drive, man, I gotta tell you. It was brutal, you know, it's because, you know, I've stopped doing that. I was like, you know, from now on, when I go to Orlando, Tampa, I'm renting the place. You know, yeah. driving home the next day. I did that for Wasp. But no, not this time. It was last minute shit. And yeah, I mean, whatever, dude. In the end, it was worth it, you know? Um, oh. It was a great show, and Edwin was awesome, so. Oh, man, it's and I, I just. I gotta run through this because this is a dream set list. Twenty-six fucking songs. Yeah. Death comes ripping. I turned into a Martian vampire. Where eagles dare. Mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? London dungeon. Hybrid moments. Violent world. Some kind of hate. Hollywood Babylon. Who killed Marilyn? Earth AD. Green Hill. Twenty Eyes. Devil's Whorehouse. Halloween. Horror business. Bullet. Oh my God. Uh, Astro Zombies, Teenagers from Mars, Children in Heat, Skulls, Night of the Living Dead, Last Caress, and then an encore of We Are 138, Die, 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 My Darling, and Outro Music Halloween 2. Holy shit, is that a set list to see the Misfits? Oh, yeah. And, you, and it was a really killer set, and they had these two big, huge, you know, Pumpkins. like. Yeah, 20-foot pumpkins on the side. Oh, man. And the Crimson Ghosts all over the stage, under Dave's uh, oh. drums, and they all lit up. Oh, uh, Tell me you got a you got a Misfit shirt, right? No, the thing is that I have what they were selling there. It was like, whatever. I have I have two Misfit shirts that were similar, you yeah. know, with the Crimson Ghosts. Oh, okay. it, it said, Misfits in green, my den. I, I ain't going to buy that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And the fear shirt wasn't cool. I wanted to buy a fear shirt, but I didn't like it. It was like gray and had people on it. I was like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, I didn't buy no merch, but Charlie got a poster. Nice. The poster was nice. cool. You know, it's like, you know. And, and that's so awesome, too. You know, on top of all that, you get to go with Charlie and Daniela. I mean, yeah. God, I, I love them, too. You know, and I can't wait. I, I know it, it's just a matter of time. You never know with them. They might show up in Seattle and say, hey, we're going to a show. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the next time I come visit you, you know, we go see a show. So uh, great people, man. Sounds like you had a really good time. And then you got to meet my favorite WAP, Edwin Canastracci. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good fucking day, man. Awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and, uh, I, I look forward to doing that shit again, but running a place. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. Yeah. I feel you. All right. Well, uh, I don't think I forgot to look for iTunes reviews. I doubt we have one. I did see one on, uh, on Podbean where, uh, somebody wrote in and I didn't recognize him from the Facebook page, but basically he's like, Oh, fingers crossed. Please do. A uh, Metallica, uh, you know, review the new Metallica album. We did. <laughs> but you just got to read the whole description because, uh, you know, I've been putting up these fake headlines, which I love doing. Um, but, yeah, we did review that. So if you're listening to this, go back and look. I forget what fucking episode it is. But, yeah, we did 72 seasons. Uh, but let's uh, kick into the news, shall we? Yeah. Oh, man. You're, I would have loved to have seen this. Uh, Pantera was joined by Satyricon frontman for performance of Walk 
at Norway's Tons of Rock Festival. And I know Phil's a big uh, fan of Satyricon. And I gotta say, man, I dig them too. Do you like any of their shit? Yeah, yeah I dig them. Man, it, it's one of those uh, I'll never forget. I'm, I'm in the car with uh, my best friend, and his dad ran into the store, and we're sitting out there. His dad had um, uh, Sirius. So we turned on the metal channel, and it came on. And it, both of us knew the name Satyricon, you know, but we figured, yeah, we don't listen to that shit. And it was uh, Pentagram Burns. And we just started laughing the minute it started. Like, listen to this shit. And then it's like, oh, fuck, this kicks ass. Like, oh, this is killer. And then I've been a fan ever since. Went back and checked out their other shit. And, I mean, they have, you know, different albums have different sounds. But uh, it's definitely out of my wheelhouse. But I dig that shit. And I know Phil's a big fan of them. And, in fact, at one point, I think he was supposed to do a side project with the lead singer but i don't think anything ever came of it but uh yeah that would have been awesome still uh not sure if i'm going to metallica yet or not but uh man i i want to see this pantera man you know if if you can call it that whatever it is this tribute i'll just call it a tribute i want to see this shit i want to hear these songs uh yeah well yeah well I, i i got this notification like uh you know, like, oh, tickets selling out quickly to this. But like I said, my, my son's friend is supposed to be buying these tickets. I'm kind of like, if I go, I go. If I don't, I don't. I got a feeling there's going to be another Pantera thing after this. You know? So who knows? I might want to hold out to that, you know, to see a longer set list, to hear deeper cuts. Right. But, uh, you know, then again, sometimes you get fucked by waiting on shit. You never know what could happen. I mean, who the fuck would have thought fucking Dimebag would have gotten shot and Vinny would have died? You know, you never know what the fuck's going to happen. But, uh... Well, that... one thing I do know is that Sammy Hager will still stay alive. Oh, that cocksucker. That cocksucker. He's coming in the news later, that piece of shit. Motherfucker. That's why every fucking week there's something about this cocksucker, man. He keeps his name out there. Sucking constantly. He's playing down here soon. Oh, God. Well, buy a gun. Take him out. Take him out. I'm going to say this on the podcast because on YouTube, I say this shit. You know, everything's going to get taken down. That's <laughs> one thing I'm, I'm scared about with this show, man. Is once we start going on YouTube, man, all these shows that I like, I see all these horror uh, stories about, you know, shit getting demonetized and videos getting taken down. I'm like, the fuck they gonna do when you and me are on the mic? Holy shit! Uh, it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly. Yeah, so so watch it while it's up because it might not last long. Yeah. Uh, but here's some sad news. Uh, former Megadeth drummer Lee Rauch, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, died. I was like, I was like, oh, what did he play on? Like, you know, System Has Failed or something? Because I don't, keep, <laughs> I don't keep up with those musicians. I was like. Right, I, I was right. in the band when Kerry King was in the band. Yeah. This is like before Gar. I didn't even know it, about this dude. Yeah, no, I no, I remember uh I knew there was a lineup, like an initial lineup was like basically Mustaine and, and all of Dave Ellison's friends. And it didn't last long, you know. Um uh, you know, I think he is on uh if you get the remastered of killing my business i believe there is a demo track that he's playing on it was like the only recording 
of him with the. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, Last rights, last rights. There's a demo of that, and he's playing on that. But uh, yeah, sucks. You know, 58, 58's young in these days, and uh, so condolences. You know, he was yeah. part of good Megadeth. <laughs> yeah, I'm very sorry. He he was in that submarine, right? That went to go see the Titanic. Yes, yes, yes. That's how he passed. He he was he was on the Titan. Okay, <laughs> I knew it was so. I knew there was a connection. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're never gonna find the body. Uh, you, know, you know, hey, you know, it's kind of lame how people are making fun of it. Why? Because they're millionaires. Come on, man. What the fuck? Five lives died, and you guys are making fun of it because you're poor and they're rich. Fuck you. Right, Ian? Nah, I bet you disagree, son of a bitch. Yeah, fuck them all. Yeah. You rich suck. Cock. Rich you... cocksuckers. That, oh. that is not cool oh. to say, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I concur. I mean, uh, no. Uh, no, my thing is, if you're that fucking rich, uh, do a little bit of research, you know? Maybe don't go on, like, the worst one that's going down to the Titanic. I, I think I would do... A little bit of research and make sure I'm on a reputable vessel. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. I would love to go down and see the fucking wreck of the Titanic. I know there's a lot of people debating that shit online. Uh, even a friend of ours uh, says that you know that's disrespectful. That's a graveyard. Leave it alone. I'm like, fuck that. You know, why, if I had the why, why we don't leave the graveyards that are uh, you know uh, here in the planet alone. Yeah, they're all the time, right? We all yeah. graveyard. Why can't we visit the the Titanic graveyard? That's what I'm saying. You know, I want to go see a bunch of motherfuckers too dumb to swim. You know, but uh, yeah, no, it's it sucks. But do your research. You know, but what you know, and another thing, I don't feel bad about. I mean, like they're dead, but they didn't suffer. You know what I mean? That shit happened so quick. You know, like boom, boom they're gone. You know, at least they didn't suffer. Look at it that way. Because they, they yeah. said, like, they said, and I didn't know this. I didn't know this about an implosion. Uh, they said right before an implosion happens, uh, the heat is hotter than the fucking, like, I think they said four times hotter than the sun, the explosion. And, and it happens, like, in a millisecond. So it's like nobody suffered. They just ain't no more. Yeah, it's sad, but at the, uh, at the other hand, these are fucking billionaires, man. They were living a great life. Why not continue that great life, you know? Sucks. I yeah. think it sucks, personally. You know who's happy is their fucking kids, you know? That's who's fucking happy. And the trophy wife who gets all the shit, you know? And Dave Mustaine. I heard he's happy, too. <laughs> yeah, he's happy, too. Son of a bitch. It, the only thing he's unhappy about is Dave Ellison wasn't on the Titan. Yeah. He, he, he did. There was a story. He said if Dave would have stayed in uh, Megadeth, he could have afforded to go on that. <laughs> All right. Well, Blackie Lawless says no new Wasp album uh, before summer of 2024. And I'm like, take your time. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Who cares about that shit? And stop I calling it Wasp. You know what I did like is uh, I subscribed to uh, like whatever Wasp's Facebook or not Facebook, but their their regular website, you know, and they send me all this shit like hurry up by your VIP, that kind of shit. But they sent out a poll 
which Wasp album do you listen to the most? And it was the first album through Headless Children. And the first Wasp album won by like a gazillion percent. I mean, it buried the other albums, not even close. So, and since this is like the band's website, I'm hoping that that, uh, there's some kind of influence on the set list for this new tour, which I still haven't gotten tickets for. I gotta look and see what it is. I hope it's not during the week, but, uh, but they already said like the VIPs already sold out for the Seattle show, but for Wasp, but I, I don't want to meet Blackie. I, I, I don't, I, I don't feel like, uh, you know, I, I would do a VIP for Armored Saint, but not, not for Blackie. What are you going to get? A bunch of bullshit stock fucking answers where he, he tells you he's the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread with his fat fucking ass. Can't even stand up, <laughs> you know. You know, fuck Blackie. I love him, you know, but fuck him. But I'd rather hang out with fucking Armored Saint and piss off Gonzo, hang out with John Bush, yeah, and, and Joey. I'd let Joey give me a mohawk. Joey Barry kicks ass. Yeah, I want to see that movie. There's no talk of uh, when it'll be available, but they had a premiere of it. You know, right. Yeah. Right, I, I'm sure it's a matter of finding distribution and, you know, a, a company that will, you know, put it out on disc and shit. I hope so. I hope it's not one of those deals where you can only see it on Amazon Prime and shit, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a motherfucking pirate, you know. I'll find it if it leaks, but I, I chances wanna, are. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I want a hard chances are, Yeah. Chances are it ain't going to leak unless, you know, there's some, you know physical format put out so but yeah i'd be way interested in that all right what what else we got death leopard sucks we already talked about megadeth leaving uh dave grohl joined guns and roses at uh uk's glassberry festival and apparently while there's not footage of the song there is footage of uh chuck trainer masturbating to the song <laughs> So that's cool. And then uh, a pretty, pretty weird and interesting uh, geezer interview. Did you see this shit where he's like, all this shit he's claiming Dio stole from him? No, I know you said a while ago that his horn, the horns, right? Yeah, well, he goes into that, you know, he says he was doing the horns. He kind of contradicts himself because in, in some interviews, he says he's been doing the horns since 1969. In other interviews, he says he's been doing the horn since 1971. But in every story, he says he would do it during Black Sabbath, the song. Um, and, and says that, you know, Dio was like, oh, I, you know, what, what, what do I do? I can't do the peace thing. You know, that's Ozzy, you know. And Dio said, hey, can I do that horn thing you do? So, but then he goes on to say that... Um, Dio also stole the title Sacred Heart um, and the the song title One Foot in the Grave from Deezer. So I'm like, wow. And he said Dio was notorious for stealing shit from other people. Something I've never heard about Dio before. And I was surprised that Geezer was saying this because, you know, in a lot of stuff since Dio's passing, it seems like 
Geezer was closer to him than out of anybody in Sabbath. Well, Geezer was there on his deathbed when he died. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of surprised he's saying this, but it could very well be like, it, it could be true. And it could be one of those things where like, sometimes the context it's set in, you know, it's like, hey, this guy was his friend. So, you know, sometimes you goof on a friend in a way that nobody else can. You know, and you can say that, you know, it's like when somebody picks on your, your brother, you can fight with your brother like crazy, but if somebody else does it, you'll, you'll whoop their ass. Yeah. You know? So who knows, if, you know, if he's, if this is true or, hey, the man is on a book tour too. So is this shit to hype up that? I would like to think not. But then again, I'd like to think Dio didn't steal a bunch of shit either. So kind of like what, what on this? What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, Geezer did a lot of drugs, so, you know, you got to blame it on hard drugs, too. <laughs> um, I've heard some complaints about the book. I've really? Heard, I've heard some timeline shit's not accurate in the book. Uh, oh. No, I'm just saying, this is what I've been reading online. And right. Geezer also did an audio book for it, and he said he hated doing it. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, so, I don't know. Um, but as far as... You know, I mean, the proof the proof is in pictures. Dio, Geezer right. did do the horns way back then. There's pictures of it. Yeah. There's early promo pictures of Black Sabbath of him doing it. There's a picture of him alone doing it. And it looks like early 70s. So, obviously, he was doing it before Dio. Well. If you want to really get technical. Yeah. The first person to use the horns in music was Elvis Presley. Yeah. Well, I, I, I did. I did, see, I did see one on uh, Kiss's website, and it's one of Gene from 1938. Oh, it, but it did look a little photoshopped. You know, you can never believe anything in Kiss. But, All right. Uh, you know. But yeah, the, it, it was Elvis, then John Lennon, and the chick from Coven, then uh, then fucking. Uh, it's Coven. Huh? Coven. Yeah. You always say, yeah. You always say Coven. It's pronounced Coven. Yeah, but dude, this is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Oh, we never mind. It, you have to dumb it down. Man. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, that sucks to hear that shit about his book though, because I was interested in that. But if there's one thing that gets on my fucking nerves, it's when timelines are fucked up, man, and that goes with biopics and everything. The minute that shit happens, it takes me the fuck out of it, you know? Like, I, I can't believe another fucking word you say. You know? Yeah, that goes, that goes with the territory, man. When you are uh, on heavy drugs, yeah, every rock book is inaccurate. Except Motley Crue, because those guys weren't on drugs. Right, yeah, exactly. They just said they were. Yeah, they just said they were. But everybody else <laughs> was on Narcot. Like, Ace Fraley's book is like... That, that, I read, Ace Frehley's book wasn't bad. It wasn't great either, but it wasn't bad. But, right. boy, he didn't throw nobody under the bus in that book, and he could have. He threw himself under the bus. Yeah. You know. Um, and Paul, Paul, Paul's a piece of shit. With his, you know, his, his, his book should have been called, uh, The Shit Doesn't Stink. You know, My, my Shit Doesn't Stink. That should have yeah. been his book, you know. Oh, you know, it's even worse than Paul Stanley's book is the audio version. 
Have you heard the, Have you heard those clips? Oh my God! What yeah, a condescending prick! Oh man! It's, yeah, everybody's fucked up but you. You yeah. know. You know. I want to see a book about his deformed ear. I want to hear the truth on that shit. Oh, I don't want to hear about his deformed ear anymore. Oh. Did you ever Did you ever see the the A and E special? The history thing. And then, no, I didn't watch that shit. Oh, yeah, dude. There was like three different uh, occasions he talked about his ear. Like he talked about it in the early part, then he talked about it later, and then he talked about when he when he had the operation to fix his ear. But I was like, fuck your ear, dude. I'm tired of hearing about your fucking ear. Yeah. And he talked yeah, plenty about his ear in that book. If he really cared, he'd fix everybody's ear that pays to see him right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Piece of shit. Well, Stanley still got the best solo album, though. Nah, his solo. I was about to say. Right? <laughs> Actually, I was about to say. I swear to God, I was about to say. Fuck him and his solo album. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're talking about Live to Win, that shit's horrible. Live to Win is bad. Worse than the 78 one. But boy, that 78 one was horrible. Two good songs. That, shit, that shit's awesome. It's that fucking shit's awesome. terrible. It's got one bad song. That's it. Nah, it's got several bad songs. Okay, we disagree. No, we do not disagree. It's that you <laughs> not know the truth. I'm like I'm like Lee Gerstmann on this show. Okay, I, what I like is right, and what you don't like is wrong. Unless Fuck you, like you like. Ian, Jody Grind, bitch. <laughs> oh God! All right, next story. Doc and already you can tell this is a, a lie. Doc and Reese long awaited new album in september yeah i don't think no- we've been waiting hey <laughs> nobody i i think his fucking tax attorney who yeah. is a guitar player has been waiting for this um so yeah we'll see it's called heaven comes down Ooh, boy how original there wow this is like the second time they named their album after a song yeah uh, lightning strikes yeah now heaven heaven comes down what a great fucking song amazing yeah. Amazing. Oh, love it. I was listening the other day into the album and two songs that stood out for me when it came to Wild McBrown. Don't Close Your Eyes and what he does at the end of Bullets Bullets Despair. Man, underrated drummer. He really was an amazing fucking drummer. He did some unique shit that not a lot of people did. There's little nuances that were just really powerful, fast, and killer. And yeah, he doesn't get enough credit, man. But then again, I didn't notice how awesome it was till like last week. It was like, yeah. fuck, man, this guy was amazing, you know? Well, I'm a big defender of fucking 80s docking, man. I love fucking. Oh, yeah, 80s me too. Docking. I love 80s docking. You know, and uh, I mean, I know we don't agree on uh, their best album. Uh, you know, most people, and I think you included, say, Tooth and Nail. Uh, but god damn do I love Back for the Attack and for an album that's that long you know it is a long album for back then I think it's fucking solid and full of fucking winners uh, I think I, I think it kind of wavers at the end uh, I, I like it you know maybe I'm you know I could be biased that was the first one that I bought like brand new like I was waiting for it to come out like I discovered them you know, after Under Lock and Key went back, 
and then I was waiting for back for the attack and I'll never forget I stopped at the record store on a Friday to buy that and then I went and saw Running Man at the theater when it came out uh, but man like I was in my car the other day and you know I told you I always got it on shuffle and Prisoner came on I'm like god damn and I just cranked that shit up and I'm like what a great fucking song Oh, the I prisoner, yeah, prisoner is like a standout track on that album for me. Yeah, amazing, great. The the thing I loved about Dawkins was their melodies didn't suck like Firehouse and all these other bands that tried to. Right. Their melodies were really catchy, hooky, and cool. Where Firehouse and you know Slaughter and all that seemed like so forced. Oh, let's yeah. put a section here where. I don't know, man. Something about Dawkins' melodies—they were—they were just awesome. They were really fucking good. But I, I think the big problem going on, you know, after their initial run, is I, I truly believe all four of those guys were integral to that band. You know, I, I think especially with the songwriting. I mean, I loved Don's voice back in the day, um, but man, you look a lot of the songwriting you know that was done by jeff pilson and and lynch and stuff like that and that's what's missing from this newer shit and i i do like john lynch not or john levin not as much as you do uh but i think he's a really good guitar player but i just you know the songwriting's not there and that's the thing you know when all these people you know we've said this time and time again but when all these newer bands complain about well why put out an album? Nobody's gonna like new stuff, and we play a new song, and everybody walks away. You know that's because they suck. You know, think back in the '80s and, and early '90s when you would go see a band, you know, that was on tour for set album, and that song was a hit, and it was a good song. Nobody was leaving. You know, it's when you can't do it anymore, but you keep doing it, and the song sucks. That's when people go away, you know. If, if you're seeing Metallica on, you know, the fucking Master of Puppets tour, you didn't leave during any of those puppet songs. Oh, yeah, this new stuff sucks, you know. No, you stayed because it was a great shit. It's when your new shit sucks that people go take a piss break and go and go get a fucking beer, you know. That's a fact. These bands stop writing hit songs. They stop writing good songs. They just put out a new fucking album. And I think people can see through that shit a mile away. Oh, this is a filler track. It's not a standout fucking song. End of rant. Yeah, and you can also flip it the other way where bands that had more successful albums in their future career, uh, when you hear the killer classic old shit, nobody cares like Aerosmith. You know? Yeah. Bands oh, like, yeah. They, I, I'll never forget when I saw them do Combination. I lost yeah. my mind. Everybody in that fucking arena was like, huh? Or going out. Nobody cared. And then, and then they yeah. went and they jumped into Love and Elevator and played one nuts. Yeah. No, and that's, you know, I've said this on the show before. Uh, when I saw them on the Pump Tour and they played Train Kept a Rolling, it was like crickets. And I'm like going, I'm like, this is Train Kept a Rolling, motherfuckers, get your wings. Like, yeah, it's a cover, but goddamn. Uh, but yeah, people didn't give a shit. So yeah, you got a good point. You got a good point. There's fucking yeah. idiots out there. No, no, that's, that's the thing, you know. Us hardcores, 
we're the real deal. We are the real thing. But at the same time, uh, we do not uh, adjust well with the reality of concert goers. Yeah. Because concert goers are not hardcore. You know? Yeah. And yeah, basically that's it. We're, we're the minority. You know, people keep asking me if I'm going to see Aerosmith because they are coming. And I'm like, well, fuck, I ain't going to pay, you know, an insane amount of money with no Joey Kramer, you know? Right. And they're like, who? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, I'll look at the set list and maybe if I get a cheap-ish ticket, I'll go. But honestly, I last time I saw Aerosmith was like 10 years ago. Sammy Hagar opened, by the way. And you know, hey, hey, okay. He doesn't open for anybody. Yeah, he did that he night. He was, he was feeling oh, he generous. Okay. And uh, Steven Tyler was unbelievably good. I mean, great, amazing. I mean, top, top shelf singing. And it was an awesome show. You know, I didn't complain about the show. But, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a farewell tour. Will they really throw out the songs I want to see? Will, uh, will Coney Island Fish... Uh, uh, Fishboy be on the set list or Cheesecake yeah. or no yeah. surprise? Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Well, you know, and the sad thing is, you could replace any member in that band other than Steven Tyler as long as it's called Aerosmith. I don't think it would hurt ticket sales. I mean, to a certain degree, Joe Perry, but in this day and age, seriously, if Steven Tyler's singing and Aerosmith is on the t shirt, most people wouldn't give a fuck and that's terrible you know because like immediately for me no i'd be like no brad whitford no deal <laughs> you know but yeah yeah but was brad whitford on american idol i don't think so oh he didn't yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah did he have a country album no he just had whitford st holmes did, did brad whitford ever go on the view <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if Steven Tyler did, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> All right. Well, next story. Uh, they released some uh, details on Mick Mars' new solo album called "Another Side of Mars." That's gonna suck. Yeah, I got a bad feeling too. It's gonna. I got. I, I got. A, I got a bad feeling. It's not gonna be good. I, I hope. I hope it's good. It's one of those I'm rooting for, but I, I'm I'm realistic, <laughs> you know. It's like I I know Mick Mars is everybody's favorite member, but you got to remember he's everybody's favorite member of Motley Crue. Yeah. Okay, you know it, it's like you know everybody's favorite member of fucking Chumbo Wumba. I, I like I like Vince more than Mick Mars, <laughs> and I'm talking I'm talking Fat Vince. I like that. Yeah. The Fat Vince don't give a fuck. I like yeah. it. Yeah. No Vince gives a fuck. And I like that. Yeah. But it, it don't mean I, I like his music. But he just seems like somebody you would want to hang out with. No, and I loved I loved Vince Neil's solo shit. It was fucking awesome. It was really, really good. I mean, yeah, for the hair metal shit, but whatever. I thought yeah. Miles better than... What Phantom, what, uh, Firehouse, or Danger Danger was putting out at the time. It was the same type of music, but dude, Exposed is a badass album. 
If that it album was, came out like three years earlier, it would have been huge. I believe, you know, I've never heard anything off Exposed other than Sister of Pain and You're Invited But Your Friend Can't Come. I hate that song. You know. Uh, yeah, because it's got the woes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but the rest of that Whoa! Album, oh. Yeah, I never heard it. I mean, none of it was written by him. I think most of it was written by, like, Jack Blades and shit oh, like well, that. Well, yeah, of course. It doesn't matter. I, I just think it was a great fucking album. Yeah, it's better than being written by that guy who replaced Nikki Six when he died, I guess. Yeah, Frank, uh, Matthew Trippy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so anyway, it's coming out. I'll check it out. As I will be a first day downloader stealing it off the internet. Will not be buying that. Unless it's really good, you know, then maybe I'll get the vinyl. I doubt it. Yeah. Well, here's some sad story, but, uh, you know, probably realistic. Tony Iommi urges Black Sabbath fans, be patient on Born Again Remix. Uh, yeah, I believe that shit. It probably ain't coming anytime soon. Because uh, you've got to be realistic of the demand on that, you know? Like, it matters a lot to you and me and some hardcore Sabbath fans. But, you know, that shit, that ain't even going to sell like the fucking Dio remasters. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, I mean, all these Black Sabbath things that are being released have a market or, or else they wouldn't be releasing them. Uh, right. Because there are, you know, there's, man, like a million of me's out there that need to own the physical copy of Born Again. I mean, and, and the Black Sabbath, all those box sets I bought, every one of them, Volume 4, yeah. Sabotage, you know, Technical, I see, I bought them all, man. And I'm real. I mean, uh, to me, the born again thing. It's like, yeah, I would love to hear it if they could clean it up. That'd be great. But I really highly doubt I'm going to end up liking it more than the dirty, grungy underwater version that's out there. That I think adds so much darkness to those. Yeah. That I absolutely love the shitty production on Born yeah. Again. If well, clean I it up, it's not going to be better to me. I, I love it too, but I'll tell you what, if they get that same dude, I forget his fucking name, Steven something. Yeah, yeah. The, guy, the, the, the yeah. guy that did those remixes on Technical Ecstasy. Yeah. If he did that, you know, with this, I think it could be next level shit. Out of any Black Sabbath album, I, I truly believe that this one could be the one that could, you know, fans who love it and you know fans of sabbath who don't love it it could be that next like sinzak sinzak hates born again can't get into it but i i think even he could be converted you know if this shit was given like what what everybody who worked on that record says you know what they heard compared to what was released and it was brought in and mixed right and done all this stuff and that they have the actual original masters now uh, the capabilities they could do and if they let that guy do it you know there's some people out there that can do amazing shit with production and unfortunately there's so many more popular shitty people out there that do horrible things with production you know like <clears throat> you know the, the new the new bob rock the new bruce fairburn is kevin shirley 
You know, I would I would even love to hear these these maiden, you know, this like post reunion era maiden, you know, redone by somebody else. Put Andy Sneak on a fucking, you know, Iron Maiden album. I guarantee you it would sound better than what the fuck Kevin Shirley does. You know the good producer that I don't hear from anymore? Roy Z. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, Roy Z's not bad. Roy Z's not bad. Is he around? Yeah, yeah, he's around. Uh, I love it it, with Angel Retribution and the Hallford albums. I think that shit was awesome. Oh, yeah. And the Bruce Dickinson albums. He was awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, Chemical Wedding. Yeah. Sounds amazing, you know. And Accident of Birth and shit like that. Yeah, Roy Z had a hot minute there. You know, on these, you know, legacy, like, band shit, you know, that was on, like, you know, the the modern-day CMC labels and shit. But, yeah, you don't hear too much from him. But, uh, no, good production. I don't think he's on the level of an Andy Sneap, but he's damn good. And he's a good songwriter, too. I mean, if you notice, a lot of these bands he worked with, he would normally be a a co-writer. So, you know. Very good songwriter as well as producer. But to me, you know, like Andy Sneap, you know, I would say is the best right now for, you know, somebody who has, you know, one foot in classic metal and and an ear for modern shit too. Uh, You know, like what he did with, with Firepower is just fucking amazing. And what he's done with other bands. And I love that he's... You know, I mean, he's the guy from fucking Corner, for Christ's sake. And he's run the gamut of, of working with extreme metal acts and with legacy metal acts. Um, but then again, this guy I mentioned is Steven or whatever that, that did the Sabbath remasters uh, or remixes. I, I think he has a good feel for what Sabbath is and, and what he could bring out. And, yeah, New Born Again would be amazing. All right, next story. Dream Theater members weigh in on the practice of venues taking cuts from artist merchandise sale. And uh, I haven't seen this yet, but this is on the new... Uh, have you seen the new That Metal show on YouTube? Uh, no, I heard of it, though. Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes. Not bad, you know. Uh, you know, our, our friend Don Jameson on there. Don, you know, friend of the show. Um... Uh, but uh, yeah, not bad. But apparently he had uh, they had John Petrucci and uh, Jordan ruin this on the on uh, their show talking about that. And I don't even know what these fucking guys said. And I don't care. I just think that's a shitty thing to do for venues uh, to take a cut. Uh, I you know venues get a you know they get a percentage of the ticket sales. They get. Uh, you know, the alcohol and everything else. I, I don't think they have the right to take a, a cut of the merchandise. What do you think? Well, they did it to my band. Yeah? Where at? Button South? Uh, no, Button South was gone before I started my band. Oh. Um, O'Malley's, uh, Propaganda, Culture, the biggest club of all, never fucked with us with the merch. And and professionally shot us DVD. He gave us a DVD after the show, a, a pro shot of our show. Culture, oh, yeah, they were great. Um, but no, it's it's complete bullshit, man. Complete and utter bullshit for anybody to charge 
And you know, I mean, like the big arenas, man. Like, you know, you go to the, the, the big centers or the big uh, amphitheaters, and those shirts are 40 bucks. And you know, the venue takes 20 of it. Wow, that much, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why they're 40 bucks. Oh, man, see, I always attributed the, the rise in cost to merches, you know, due to lack of ticket sales. I didn't know that was the kind of percentages venues were taking. Oh, yeah, man. That, that's insane. Thieves, I'm telling you, thieves. Everybody's thieves today. Streaming services. You know, wow. Oh, everybody's a, everybody's a rip-off artist, you know, this whole... But then again, it just goes to prove that rock is dead. Wow. But that makes me... That makes me even more not want to buy merch at a show, which a lot of times I, I feel guilty about. Um... Because I always thought, like, oh, man, I really need to be supporting this band. Uh, you know, but to know that's the reason why the shirt's that expensive. Now I don't feel bad because a lot of times, uh, you know, you can go on these bands' websites and get the same shirts. And I know it's it's not the same, at least it's not the same to me. There's, some, there's a special feeling when you go to a show and you know you bought the shirt there and it's got the tour dates on it. And even though sometimes you can go on the band's website, you can still get the tour dates on it. You know, I've always felt like there's something fraud about it if you didn't get it at the show. But sometimes I've done it just out of pure necessity. I just didn't have the money. You know, a shirt can be $40 at a show, and then you can get it off the band's website for like 28 bucks. Now, granted, you are going to pay, you know, shipping or whatever, but it'll still come out being cheaper. Uh, but to know that venues take that much out of it, uh, yeah, that makes me want to not want to buy a shirt even more and just go off the fucking internet. That's depressing. That sucks. Fifty percent. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was thinking maybe five or ten, but holy shit. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking horrible. That's Thievery, I tell you. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, more sad news. Uh, Paul Rogers is putting out a new solo album. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, that's gonna suck. Yeah. I mean, let me some Paul Rogers, but ooh, I do not expect good things out of a first new solo album in 25 years. Uh, and he shares a new single called "Living It Up." Even by the, the name of the title makes me want to throw up, you know what I mean? Living it up. Living it up, oh my god. It just makes me think of that horrible fucking Crosby, Stills, Nash record where there's like hot dogs on the moon. They had an album called Living It Up and that was literally the cover. Like, no. Living it up. Yeah. Living Are it living up it? on Metamucil. Yeah, at <laughs> 75. Like, oh, I took a, I had a good BM today. I'm living it up. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. Probably can't be any worse than that Queen album he did. Yeah. Although I, I shouldn't say anything. I didn't listen to one fucking second of that shit. Did you listen to that Cosmos Rocks album? I did, yes. Was it as bad as I imagined it is? Uh, Well, it would probably... I didn't mind. I didn't buy it. But I didn't mind it. But, yeah, it didn't sound like Queen. It sounded like Paul Rogers was, you know, some musician. It wasn't that bad, but 
at least at least it, it wasn't trying to rip off Queen. I'll give it that, you know. Yeah. He wasn't trying to be Freddie Mercury like this recent idiot that's in the band. Yeah. So I give it that, but no, no, no. I mean, I haven't really liked Paul Rogers since Bad Company. Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying, like, I thought Paul Rogers could do no wrong till I actually bought the firm. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, my. And I, I'll tell you, I, I don't even think you like it, but I love Radioactive. Hey. I love that fucking song. Every other fucking song on that album sucked. And sucked hard. I mean, and, and think of the musicians on that. I don't know... I don't know who played drums for the firm, but I know you got Tony Franklin on bass. Yeah, the drummer was the bald guy from ACDC. Oh, yeah, Chris Slade. That's right. That's right, Chris Slade. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, that's he, the, yeah, Matt Sorm before Matt Sorm. Uh, but Tony Franklin is a fucking beast, you know? And, and Jimmy fucking Page, and that's the best you can fucking come up with? God yeah. damn, that should, that yeah. should have been a Rock Against Drugs commercial. Yeah, you know, I met Tony Franklin. The guy is really, really tiny. He's a tiny guy. Yeah. Super nice, though. Great dude. But yeah, he's, he's very, very short, man. He's astonishing. But yeah, what a bass player. He's a freak of nature. He's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, but but I mean, seriously, that's the best you come up with? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think I liked, I like Radioactive. And I remember liking as a kid, like I remember when it was on the radio, when it was on Top 40 Radio, that All the King's Horses or whatever. The yeah, that's off, the, that's off the second album. Yeah, yeah, off the second album. I liked, uh, I liked Rest in Peace on the, off that album. I, I don't remember that. I only remember All the King's Horses. But man, I remember uh, when I bought The Firm, I bought it years later, you know, because I remembered Radioactive, but the more I got into hard rock and everything, and I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, Paul Rogers, Jimmy Page. You know, even before I knew the brilliance of Tony Franklin, I was like, oh, I got to pick this up. And, oh, what a, I think I have it on vinyl, and it's fucking terrible. Terrible. But, uh, yeah, not that much faith in Paul Rogers. But, uh, you know, good at what he did, I guess, back in the day, 50 fucking years ago. Uh, Tony Iommi explains why Black Sabbath turned down an offer to play this year's Power Troop Festival, which I found interesting that originally it was offered to be a Black Sabbath performance versus a Ozzy solo performance, which it's supposed to be this year. Uh, basically, Tony said he don't think Ozzy can do it, and he didn't want to go out there like that. Uh, and he's pretty candid about how you know, pretty much any performance they do nowadays could be their last. And he says, I don't want to go out like that, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, I watched some of that video. They put out that Blu-ray from the that farewell tour they did or whatever yeah. uh, with Tom Tommy Clitoris on drums, yeah. who I thought did an outstanding job. Oh, man. I, I still think, other than, than Bill Ward, Tommy Clitoris is the best drummer to ever drum in Black Sabbath. Because that motherfucker played Bill Ward. He didn't play his version of this. He played Bill Ward, and, and I respect the fuck out of that. Uh, but anyway, you know, he, he says, you know, I'd rather go out like that. He says, he's still not opposed to doing a one-off show. He says, definitely not going to tour. But he just says in the state that Ozzy's in right now, he didn't, he didn't want that to be 
their last performance, which you know in, in nowadays, every show you're going to do is going to be recorded, put on YouTube, and scrutinized. I mean, did you see the shit with this new Maiden tour? Holy fuck, man. You want to talk about a, a show scrutinized. And, uh, you know, the band fucked up a lot of shit on the first three dates. Uh, you know, Bruce not remembering the words that fucking caught somewhere in time. And all this different shit's being scrutinized. Um, I, I kind of respect Tony for that, saying, nah, I'm all right. You know, what do you think? Yeah, man. I mean, Ozzy solo's one thing. Yeah. Uh, you want to go up there and sing in a wheelchair or whatever, but my favorite band of all time... I mean, it's bad enough. Yes, Tommy's a great drummer, but it's bad enough they ended their career without Bill Ward. That yeah. was disgusting. How to make that worse? And who knows even if... It'd be worse if they brought Bill Ward out with Ozzy in a fucking chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, big thumbs up to Tony Iommi saying, nah, nah, I don't want to go <laughs> It's bad enough we went out as, as it was. Let's yeah. go out with some fucking dignity and let Ozzy ruin his solo career which he, which doesn't matter because his solo career has been dead since uh since uh, since the 80s really you know yeah well you know and, and you brought up a great point too mentioning bill ward i mean who know bill ward as much as we love him and he's my favorite drummer of all time uh you know what his ability is at 70 something years old might be just as bad if not worse than ozzy's ability yeah, you know. So that, that's the one thing I did love about the Tommy Clitoris. You know, he did the Bill Ward sound, where you know Brad Wilk from you know Rage Against the Machine did nothing on Thirteen that sounded like Bill Ward. And as much as I love Vinny Apice and fucking Dio, you know when he was in Sabbath, he didn't do Bill Ward. He did Vinny Apice doing Black Sabbath, you know, and, and every other drummer did that. Nobody captured that sound or even tried to play like Bill Ward. Because, quite frankly, I think it's just such a distinct sound that, you know, uh, even though I've heard other drummers, uh, you know, kind of belittle what he did, I, I think it's amazing. You know, but then there's a, there's a lot of drummers who talk shit about Keith Moon, but they admitted he had a sound. But they're like, technically, some shit was sloppy. But uh, going back to Megadeth, that's another reason. Uh, I, I've never been a big fucking Marty Freeman fan. A lot of people like to suck Marty Freeman's dick. To me, he's never done anything that really like, ooh, wow. And he hates Jimi Hendrix. He says, Jimi Hendrix sounds like shit. I can't trust anybody who says that, you know? I can't, I can't fucking take you seriously. When, you know, I tried listening to that cacophony bullshit, you know, and, and it, it reminds me of that Gene Simmons thing where he's talking about an angry bee and just want to shoot it. You know, it's like, you don't impress me much. Anyway, we're getting you know, sidetracked. That's what the, we do. The drummer that played on 13, that Rage Against the Machine guy. Yeah. I got to admit, he did do a great, great uh, Matt Storm. Exactly. And what sucks, you know, what sucks is... I don't think that guy is a bad drummer. I don't think he's a Black Sabbath drummer. 
But I think he, he does very good for what he does in Rage Against the Machine. You know, regardless of what you think of the band, I think he is a solid drummer. But he just doesn't have that feel, you know? It has a very distinct feel. And as crazy as it sounds, I think Rick Rubin wasn't far off when he said, if you're not going to have Bill Ward, he wanted to get Ginger Baker. You know, which is crazy as that sounds, Ginger Baker would be better to do traditional Black Sabbath sounding drumming than anybody else. You know what I mean? Plus, Ginger Baker was a hero to Bill Ward, you know? I just think he, Bill Ward's so distinctive, you know? Uh, to me, when I listen to Old Sabbath, man, that, that shit sticks out just as much as Tony's riffs, Geezer's bass lines, and Ozzy's vocals. I mean, that drumming is just out of this fucking world. Yeah, which which died which died on Never Say Die, but it came back briefly on Born Again. Right. His, but, his, uh, his drumming on Heaven and Hell was so pedestrian. No, and I get that, but I was I'll say even even on Born Again, it's it's not what it was. Oh no, it wasn't what it was, but it was yeah. it was obscure drumming. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I didn't complain about it at all. You he he know, didn't but... do that. He didn't do that in the pocket playing. He did on right. Heaven and Hell. He was a little more sporadic. Yeah. All over the drums. Yeah, the music didn't have the swing that the 70s did. It, it's just, dude, it's just, to me, impossible to better Black Sabbath without Ozzy. It's impossible. You can get a superior singer like Dio or Tony Martin or... or or Ian Gillen, and it's still, well, Ian Gillen, yeah. you, you yeah. just can't touch, you can't touch the fucking, uh, the, the 70s stuff, it's just unfuckable, man, it's just, the only band that comes close is Merciful Fate, and it has to be 80s Merciful Fate, in my opinion, uh, right. it comes close to 70s Sabbath, as, as just pure awesomeness, the greatest band ever, man, period. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we'll see when this Power Trip Festival happens. I mean, it, it's a thing, like, in a way, I wish I could go to it. But in another way, it's like, you know, what they're fucking charging. And, you know, apparently it's not even selling that well. And, and then don't get me started on Iron Maiden. And holy shit, we'll, we'll get sidetracked here again. I, I think it's something worth talking about, though. Have you watched any of the the footage from the new Iron Maiden tour? Yeah, I have. There's been a lot of shit about how uh, dumbing down Nico has done on the drumming in these songs. Mm. And ooh, like I, I saw they they did uh, this one specifically was on the Trooper, and just showing like how he would normally play it and how he's playing it on this tour. And I was like, wow. Wow. It, it, it's, it's you know, the equivalence of playing, like, I don't know, uh, you know, Joe Saturani, but you're using all bar chords, you know? It was really simplistic and like, oh, my God, you know, is this guy having trouble? And uh, I don't know. You think it's time for Nico to step down? Yeah. It's time for the whole band of stuff down. I mean, I know there's a lot of Maiden Tards that love all this shit they're still doing. That's a fucking band. Now, I gotta tell you, man, 
in my opinion, the most overrated band in the history of metal has to be Iron Maiden, hands down. Has to be. This is a band that has been doing these fucking English classes for how long now? You know, with these long-ass boring songs, and it's just... God, man, give me those first five albums. Right. No, I, I, I agree with you there, but I, I think everybody other than Nico can still bring it, and what I think that could happen, like, I mean, think about how Scott Travis reinvigorated Judas Priest. Yeah. You know, when they went from Dave Holland, you know, and especially, I mean, look at the last two Dave Holland albums, Turbo and Ram It Down. You know, and there's there's much debate on what he even played on those fucking albums, you know, and what's just a drum track. Uh, but then look how Priest bounced back with Scott Travis. Maybe if Maiden had another drummer that could fucking just, like a Scott Travis, to kick him in the ass. I don't know. I, I think it's worth, as much as I love Nico, man, Nico's fucking awesome, you know? But maybe, I, I don't think that's the only thing holding him back. I, I think whenever anything comes to Maiden, it's always Steve Harris holding him back. Uh, where there's just, you know, incipient writing he does now. But, man, with a new drummer, I don't know. Like, let's, maybe Lone Scott Travis out there fucking Maiden. Might be killer. Overrated. But, uh, Overrated, man. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And, and you like them more than me. <laughs> that ought to tell you something. Yeah, I actually you, like songs off the... I like the long songs off the last album. Yeah, yeah, you like them way more than me. But uh, I ain't gonna lie, if they come around... And I was, I was disappointed with the new set list. You know, to me, it's like... Uh, oh, okay, so you add fucking Caught Somewhere in Time and Alexander the Great. Those were the only, you know, new songs. The rest of the shit they've been playing, you know? Well, Stranger to Strange Land, they haven't played in a long time. But man, you keep Heaven Can Wait and Wasted Years, you know? Heaven Can something... Holy crap. That fucking yeah. song. A song that wouldn't leave their set list forever. Every time I go see Maiden uh, from yeah. time forward, they kept throwing that out. It would yeah. drive me nuts because I fucking hate that song with a passion. Yeah, I saw him play it on the fucking Fear of the Dark tour. Yeah, it stayed in the set list yeah. for years. They even, Blaze even did it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I wanted some, you know, and I, I, I know, you know, you have newfound appreciation for loneliness, long distance runner. Yeah. But to me, it's like, man, give me some fucking sea of madness or something. You know? Yeah. No, that's but, okay. uh, keep that one off the set. <laughs> yeah, bring, but then I hear a long distance runner because that's a song they never played. Yeah, you know the, the fucking horribleness of that fucking shit Sitsu album. You know, I don't know. I'd still go see it, though, I guess. Yeah. All right. I Next saw story. Iron Maiden, man. Yeah, I you saw, did. No, well, actually, I kind I mean, I saw the second best Iron Maiden. I never saw the animal. That's the yeah. Iron Maiden. That's the best Iron Maiden. Did you get to see Clyde Burr or no? No, nope. no. The first one you saw was Peace of Mind, right? Yep. Yep. Wow, even that though, peace of mind. I could only fucking imagine power how good slam. that shit was. And power slam, even better. Wow. Even a better show. That show was insane. Dude. 
Who opened up your power slave? Twisted Sister. Oh my god. Awesome. Yeah. Awesomeness. Quiet Riot opened the Peace of Mind Tour. And that was when Quiet Riot was like all the planets aligned for them. When Battle Health started taking off, that's when I saw them. Yeah, good times, man. Good, good, glorious. I was talking about that the other day, how arena shows really have sucked since the since the you 80s. Know, <laughs> yeah, the 80s was the best time for arena shows. Yeah. Because there's too many regulations it. now. And see, when I went to shows in the 80s, there were no rules. Yeah. Well, I mean, we would sneak all the way up front row. I mean, it was it was, you know, illegal drugs everywhere. Oh yeah. Craziness. You know, just oh, I... jumping on you, wanting to fuck. 80s was crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's something. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking like the only indoor 80s show that I saw was Alice Cooper and Tesla on the Constrictor tour. Other than that, I saw 80s outdoor shows. But man, I remember as early as like what when I saw the Chili Peppers on the One Hot Minute tour. You know, I almost got kicked out for smoking a cigarette. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Wow. What the, what the fuck, you know? And I'll never forget, like, in the late 90s, I saw Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And once again, I almost got thrown out for smoking a cigarette. And up above me were people smoking weed. And I, I got more trouble for smoking a goddamn cigarette. It's not the same. You know, I, I think about my, my buddy Dave Uberbacher, Ubi. Uh, you know, he'd tell me about seeing shows in Central Florida in the in the early and mid-80s. And he'd tell me about this guy that was, and he was at the show uh, in Tampa, the Stones Van Halen show that's on the back of uh, yeah. Diver Down. It was in Orlando, by the way. Oh, was it Orlando? I thought yeah. he said Tampa. Anyway, he was at that show. Uh, but he talked about this guy that was always at, at shows in Central Florida called the Cocaine Cowboy. And said this guy would walk around dressed like a fucking cowboy in a cowboy hat. And he always had two hot chicks with him and a frisbee full of cocaine. Full of cocaine. And just, you know, would give it away. You know, no bullshit. And, you know, no static from security. Nobody gave a shit, you know. And I got a little glimpse of that in like early 90s club shows you know i remember seeing shows in chicago that were just insane but nowadays it's just it's fucking lame man it's fucking lame it's it's pussy it's pedestrian you know i talked in the last episode you know at least there was a crazy fucking pit at mr bungle granted it was a bunch of 50 year olds beating the shit out of each other but I don't know. There, at least there was a little sense of danger, you know? And I'm sorry, but you go to a show, your feet should be sticking to the floor, you know? There should be fucking crazy shit going on. It should not be suitable for children. Rock and roll should be dangerous. Rock and, and, roll, rock and roll is dead. Yeah, I, I saw a post Chris Inzak put up the other day. Is rock and roll dead? It is. You know? And I said, if not, it's on fucking life support. No, I it's said, not. It's dead. I, and you know what? I have like the the most simplest explanation that nobody 
can fight me on when it comes to rock being dead. Yeah. Nobody. And and this is this is what I have to say. Think about it. Back in the day, bro. When you had a band come out, debut album did really good. Killer opening act. Next album, their headliner smaller venues. Third album, they're fucking headlining arenas. What band can you tell me today that does that? There's none. None. And don't tell me Greta Van Fleet because how long has Greta Van Fleet been around? That that band's not new anymore. I was talking to I was talking earlier today, Chuck Charles. Chuck Charles, you know what Chuck Charles said to me? He what did he say to you? Ghost. Now, now let me put this into explanation. Ghost, okay? Iron Maiden's first album, all the way up to uh, X Factor. Are you going to call Iron Maiden a new band up to X Factor? Because that's how long Ghost has been around now. Ghost right. has been around 12, 13 years. Yeah. They're an old band, okay? And they didn't headline arenas on the third album. It took them nope. for... Yes, you got yeah. Ghost. You got Foo, Foo Fighters. What's that? 20-something year old band? Yeah. Uh, uh, who else? Who uh, I don't know. All I know is that all, none of these bands are, are big, except for, you know, your Foo Fighters, your Ghosts, but who else? And these are all bands. I'm talking about in the last three to four years, where that's all it took back in the day for a band to become a headliner in arenas, when rock was alive. Rock is dead now. There's no new bands that are headline arenas. None. Not one. They all been around for at least 10 years that that are and that's only like dude it's not even five bands like a name that can play arenas everywhere that's 10 20 years old yes you got your guns and roses your legacy acts of course those will always sell but that's there's no new music there you know it's all retro rock is the end it's mostly soccer moms and people my age going to shows, you know? Yeah. You know, and speaking of which, yesterday at the Misfit show, holy fuck did I see a bunch of fucking young people. It was, I mean, dude, I think the young people outnumbered the old people at last night's show. Yeah. I well, mean, I, you know, it, but the sad thing is there, you know, then do the ratio to how many people were there and how many people had bought a Misfits album. Not a t-shirt. Oh, well, I can tell you, man, like when, when Glenn said, like, for example, when he goes, this next song called Where Eagles Dare, dude, the place erupted, man. Like, everybody screamed when he would name the title of the song. So, yeah, yeah I think the kids there last night, believe me, believe it or not, may have not bought it, but are streaming it. Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's a great point, too, with the younger generation. They're not buying the shit, you know. Yeah, because uh, you know, rock is it, dead. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think we have a chance when Sammy Hagar dies. I, I, I think that might set the earth back on its axis, and uh, you know, should have right itself. That is true because he is associated with rock. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, what rock is now, as long as he's breathing air, I, I think rock doesn't have a chance. 
So if you're if you're somebody that truly cares about rock and roll, or you're mad because MTV doesn't play videos and you don't hear your music on the fucking radio, do me a favor: go to Walmart, buy a fucking gun, and shoot Sammy Hagar in the fucking head. Will that get us demonetized on YouTube? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I think about it. Sammy Hagar is the reason Rock is dead. Yeah. It, it, it probably will get us demonetized because fuck, I got kicked off Facebook for two months for threatening his son. So don't be pulling that shit Thursday on my channel, pal. Okay, okay, okay. I'll I'll say I read in a Martin Popoff book. Yeah, that, you can uh, do that. <laughs> That's fine. Let Martin take the brain. Oh man, yeah, it's tough for Rock. It, it's tough. It's so tough for rock right now that the lead singer from Greta Van Fleet had to suck a dick in order to get some coverage. Yeah. You know, because nobody buying, nobody's buying the new album. So to, um, to you know, in, in, in the era we live in, to boost sales, he literally had to go out and suck a man's cock. I mean, I did the same thing to get a new laptop, so I'm not judging. But I'm just saying that's where rock and roll is at, you know? Yeah. First they rip off Led Zeppelin, now they're ripping off Judas Priest. Yeah. Well, uh, at least the guy's consistent. He sucks at everything. Yeah. That's oh true. my god. Oh my god. Have you ever heard Greta Van Fleet? That shit is fucking terrible. Dude, that that voice is great. Oh, holy. Oh my god. He he make he makes fucking the dude from the darkness sound like fucking Robert Plant, dude. Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, at least the guy oh. from the darkness can tone it down here and there. Man, I you know, you know when when they first came out, yeah, I started hearing all this shit. I was like, oh, cool, you know, new band getting some fucking traction, you know, uh, you know, kids are responding to it right on. I got to check this out. And I'm like, Ugh, this shit's <laughs> fucking horrible, man. Oh yeah, horrible. Yeah, oh, rock is dead. But just think what would have happened if Ronnie James Dio would have joined the suite instead of Black Sabbath. Did you see, see that, this? Yeah, that 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 confuses me because I'm like, wait a second. Dio left Rainbow because he didn't want to do love songs. Why would he join the suite then? Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah, there could be a little bit of bullshit in that. But then again, you know, he could have been looking for how to pay a house note. But then again... Who the fuck was buying Sweet albums in 1979? Yeah, it was not. I, I, I mean, Sweet was hot for about fucking two months in 1973. Well, that, when was Love is Like Oxygen? 79, 78? No, well, Love is Like Oxygen? No, that's like 76. No, dude. I lived it back then. No way. That's right, the late 70s. Let me look it up here. Yeah, look it up, because I lived it. And I remember that was late 70s. Maybe 78. I doubt it's even 77. But I mean, I mean that was like even a late hit for them. Okay, no. 78. 78, you're right. Yeah, it was their last hit. Yeah. But, I, I mean, you you think back before that, like what, Fox on the Run? That's like, what, 73? Yeah, that's old. Uh, Fox on the Run, yeah. Blitz, Little Will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they were one of those bands who, like, you know, that came out, and that was probably, like, their biggest, you know, and then they were gone, and then they just had, like, this freak single. And, by the way, I love Love is Like Oxygen. I think amazing song. Fuck yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, that was, what a last grasp, you know. But, yeah, you're right. And January 78 at that. So, 
So yeah, borderline I mean, 77. I, look, I, I was a sweet fan as a little kid because one of my first 45s I ever bought was Little Willie, and that was like 73. And that that song was, sucks. Oh, I love that song, man. The song oh, yeah. very special to me. But that, you know, that, that was a bubblegum song. Right. And no, then, hey, hey, I'm saying, first record I bought was Village People. I know it sucks, but, you know. Yeah, that, that I can never, you know, I, I talk a lot, like, you know, I, I hated disco as a kid. And now I love disco, but I still, I still can't yeah. fucking, like, Village People never did it for me. Even with the nostalgia yeah. thing listening to it, it's yeah. so bad, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know, I listen to it now, I know it's bad. But it takes me back to that time. But I mean, I mean, granted, it's not like I throw on all those village people. But yeah, when I was five years old, and I didn't know what gay was. I thought it was to me. It's like, oh, they're all superheroes, you know? Little yeah. other gay superheroes. No, you know, I mean, I, I'll tell you. Like a couple months ago, I I played "How Deep Is Your Love" by by the Bee Gees like five times in a row. Yeah, I hated that song. Yeah. I hated disco. Disco was the enemy. You know, right. I hated anything disco. But right. going back and listening to it now, BGs were geniuses. Oh that my god! Saturday, yes. Saturday Night Live soundtrack is amazing. And I and I remember my friend had it and I borrowed it as a kid and I fucking hated it because disco was the enemy. And now I listen to that album, man. I love that fucking album. But it's very nostalgic. But it's very musical. You know, disco. Of course, was saturated into garbage like village people and shit became ridiculous. But there was some really good disco back then. Yeah, no, I agree. I love that shit. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go into our last story, unless you have something. And this one will uh, definitely be the title of this episode, because controversy sells. But Sammy Hagar who never opens up for anybody, is doing a co-headline benefit with Gary Glitter. No. Yes. Bud Light is sponsoring the, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Epstein Fest. <laughs> wow. Yes, yes. It's 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 like a charity. You know, Sammy here does all these fucking charity episodes or concerts and stuff. This one's for Jeffrey Epstein to erect like a Jeffrey Epstein uh, statue. And uh, Sammy Hagar says about this concert, he goes, I just want to honor his memory and prove that what he said was true. Anything an adult can do, a kid can do better and for free. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I'm thinking about going to this. Because Gary Glitter is headlining over, Gary Glitter is going to go on last. So I might hang out in the beer tent during Sammy Hagar. In fact, I know I will, you know, and then I'll go see Gary Glitter. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Sammy Hagar keeping his name out there. Yep. And running the, the Owl Festival is the actual real Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> who is still alive. Yes, he wasn't murdered. No way. He didn't, commit, he, he didn't commit suicide. You know, yeah, how wild is that story, Ian, if you really think about it? It's like, God, all this evidence shows, you know, okay, he killed himself, but there's no footage. Uh, the, the, the guards were conveniently not around at certain times, very vital times. You've never seen his dead corpse. 
it was. Oh, that motherfucker! That motherfucker was murdered, man. He was murdered. I, I don't. I could give a shit less either way. I'm glad he's dead. You know. He might not be dead for all you know. Who knows? I mean, money talks, dude. And that guy had all. That guy had a lot of money, and it just seemed so planned. And it's like uh, for the whole public to see how planned it is, and yet it just goes to show you can do anything in this world if you got money, you'll get away with it, man. Maybe we should call this episode "Rock Is Dead," but Jeffrey Epstein's alive and well. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got all the money in the world, man. But Jeffrey Epstein could save Rock, but he chooses not to. He doesn't yeah. fuck little kids and to save Rock. But this is really why I hate politicians. Is like they killed Jeffrey Epstein, but they let Sammy Hagar live. You know. Yeah. Who's you know, it, it's like you know, I, I I had a crisis of faith recently, you know, and I, I started reading the Bible, and it even says in the Bible, it said, I think it's in Deuteronomy or some shit like that, but it said replacing David Lee Roth with Sammy Hagar is like taking your portion and they give you a pinto as a as a you know a rental, <laughs> you know, you know, and if Jesus said that. Honestly, the music on Van Hagar was really bad as well. Yeah, true that. Joseph Staub, he says, mm-hmm. what are some bands that you really love seeing live in the 80s and 90s that never got big that you think should have? Um, for me, I'd say Y&T, definitely. Y&T was an amazing live band in the 80s. Uh, who else did I send in a, that fucking rule and then get their due? Uh, so I, th- I thought Rough Cut was pretty good. Uh, well, no, no, I was about to say Rough Cut was awesome, but they fucked it up on the second album. The second album was terrible. Um, I can't think of much more bands that, you know, never got big that I saw. You know, if I really thought about bands I didn't, right. yeah, it was like, you know, I didn't see Raven in the 80s, but I'm sure right. that'd be a band I would vote on. But as far as bands I've seen, I would say, um, even though they were kind of big, Foghat was pretty badass live. 
they should have been bigger. Um, you know, and I saw Fog had open for Blue Earth to call, so they weren't even headlined. So, right, same here. Yeah, that uh, that was great. I don't know as as far as '80s, you know, because of my age. You know, everybody I saw in the '80s was already huge or went on to become huge. Uh, '90s, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough question. Yeah, uh, I can't recall any bands I've seen in the '90s. Right. I mean, I like right. Windowmaker a lot, but I never saw them. Right. Yeah. I think same thing here, you know, out of the bands that I saw, most of them got what they deserved. <laughs> you know, you still had a chance in the 90s. Not like the 80s, but you still had a chance. So, yeah, most of the bands that that came out of that era, you know, 80s and 90s, that I think should have been bigger, I didn't even get a chance to see live. So Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw a band open for a heart called Marseille. They were yeah. fucking awesome. And I bought the album. The album wasn't good, man. The album kind yeah. of sucked, but they were so good live, you know? Yeah. Marseille. Oh, um, oh, what was the name of that black band? Mother's Finest. They were awesome. I saw them. You ever heard of Mother's Finest? I've heard of them. They're, um, all, they're all black dudes. They fucking yeah. rock, man. They were a rocking band. Yeah, that was a great opening band I saw. Mother's Finest. They were awesome. Yeah, that's about it I can think of now. I'm sure there's probably more, but... All right, Jonathan Owens. How can I be a part of this? I'm on Never Say Die, Kick, and Technical XC right now, and they are my favorite bands at the moment. Uh, how can you be part of what? We're not doing those albums, are we, Ian? We did them already, right? Uh, I think we did Never Say Die. I don't know if we did uh, Technical. We might have. Uh, go on uh, our Podbean page and then do a search for both yeah. those albums, and it'll come up. And if we didn't do those albums, uh, I would say a shitload of money is probably your best way to be a part of that. Yeah, 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 because we're, yeah. not, we're not having anybody on no one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you throw us some Jeffrey Epstein money. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mark Adams. What if Pete Willis had stayed with Def Leppard? What if Bon Scott never died? Why wasn't Sabotage huge? Well, um, I'll conquer all those questions, but I wanna, I'm going to let uh, Ian go first with the Sabotage because I'm a huge fan of Sabotage, and I do not understand why they weren't huge. I think really that the reason Sabotage never hit big is because this world is too full of Ian's that don't yeah. get the greatness of Sabotage. But, uh, well, I'll, I'll, t I'll take the last one first. Sabotage, um, yeah, cause Sabotage sucks. Uh, not a big fan of uh, the vocals. I, I mean, and granted, I mean, they just weren't doing anything uh, commercial, you know? I mean, I mean, if you want to know why they weren't big, not, nothing about them was commercial other than supposedly they did this one album where they're holding a flag that was a sellout album, but that probably sucked too, so that didn't sell. Uh, but his vocals, and the guy's fat, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but, 
You know, you got a fat lead singer, unless you're fucking Meatloaf. And even Meatloaf could only happen in the fucking 70s. Meatloaf could never happen now. You know, the post-MTV era, you, you have to be either good-looking or so ugly you're fucking good-looking. But fat was never acceptable. So, you know, he's fat. He's got a fucking... <laughs> you know, that shit. Yeah, yeah, that ain't putting asses in the seats. Um, you know, and then they put out those horrible... You know, talk about... You know, the, the only time I think they did anything that I heard... And granted, I've only heard limited. Halfway decent was Hall of the Mountain King. But man, that like streets of rock opera, and what was the one at gutter ballet? That is some of the worst fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I'd rather listen to Poison than that fucking garbage. So that's why sabotage. Nobody gives a shit. You know, they they had to play Christmas music to put asses in seats. That's how much they suck. Uh, what was the other two questions? What if Pete Wills was still in Def Leppard, and what if uh, Bon Scott never died? Well, okay. I have hey, a feeling hey, I have a feeling Def Leppard would have sucked anyway, but uh, ACDC would have had like a good three, four more years, killer years with Bon Scott. Uh, okay, if Pete Willis never left Def Leppard, uh, I definitely think they would have made better music, but I don't think they would have gotten as big as they were because you don't, you know, they got big in the '80s because they put out shitty '80s music, you know. Uh, you know, hardcore and good music fans know high and dry. If you go to fucking, you know, this stadium tour bullshit, probably maybe 10% of the audience knows high and dry. You know, they're there for hysteria bullshit. So they might have put out some better albums, but they wouldn't have gotten this big. And they probably, you know, we probably respect them more, but yeah, they wouldn't be the juggernaut that they became. Um, that's why sab- that's why sabotage didn't become huge because they 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 didn't release shitty eighties music. Yeah, they did. Tons Hi. Of Hi. Um, as far as ACDC, I think ACDC would have done the same thing that they did now with Bon Scott. I think they still. I mean, with Back in Black, I think they would have done with those songs and Bon. Uh, it would have done just as good. I, I you know. There's a lot of people like, I can't get into Brian Johnson shit. Well, you know, they would have been doing the same shit with Bon Scott. I, I truly believe that, you know, because a lot of it was the Young Brothers. But I think no matter what, those riffs and that music just speaks to people. And you've got two distinct voices in, in Bon and Brian. Um, of course, I'm more partial to Bon, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think ACDC was just destined for awesomeness, no matter what, you know. But they made the right decision when they got Brian, you know. They could have gone like a Sammy Hagar route, you know. They could have got, uh, like, say, like a Lou Graham, you know, type of... Uh, well, you, no, but you know what I mean? I mean, well, look what Van Halen did. They had a singer with a very distinctive voice and awesome presence and all this shit. But they stuck with like a lame vanilla wannabe guy. I mean, but they didn't do that. They they went for another distinct voice. You know, they didn't go for easy money. You know, so you know they they, they were destined. ACDC would have been a hit no matter what, as long as they stayed true to their vision, which I think they did with Brian Johnson. So I, I think you, you get what you get. You know? uh, All right, now 
You talk about it. No, I, I, I did. I, I think uh, they would have made three or four good albums with Bon Scott if he would have lived. And then, you know, I mean, come on. How long? How long could a band continue? Not every band could be Motorhead. You know what I mean? Uh, every band. Right, but, but, I, but I mean, look at the success ACDC had even in the 90s, you know? Yeah, but... I, but they could have done that with Bon. But they weren't great albums, man. You know, Bond would have probably still been great, but the music wouldn't have been. I mean, I like Ball Breaker. I like the, you know, I did, but it was, it doesn't compare to the early stuff. I'm just saying. Yeah, but 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 it was still the impact was still the same. People love. I mean, certain bands, if you just hang around long enough, you get that notoriety. You know, you get that respect just for simply. No, I I, I, I think ACDC would have remained as huge as they've always been. I'm not saying. Yeah. Their, their popularity would have waned. You know, a yeah. lot of people bash on ACDC how their music suffered after For Those About the Rock. Man, all those all those tours were sellout arena shows. I never saw ACDC uh, have to go, go play a smaller venue. You know, I've been through all these albums that didn't sell as well as Back in Black and For Those About the Rock. I mean, they were packing. And I think all those albums that went at least platinum. Oh, ACD did well, mostly because of the legacy, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, all right. So what's next here is Johnny Bogan wanted me to remind us today is the anniversary of when Vangina opened for Bon Phony. So. Yeah, that, that, well, that's all you need to know. I mean, well, first, first of all, Van Halen's never been as big in Europe, you know. And it, and it's crazy, you know. Uh, you would think, in in one hand, that Van Halen would be big everywhere, but Van true Van Halen is American as it fucking gets. It is like apple pie, fucking American. But a lot of Americans live in a fucking bubble that think America is the center of the universe and everything revolves around us. There's a lot of other places they give a fuck about if something's American, you know. And and then not only do you take that into account, but you add Sammy Hagar to the equation. I, I mean, fuck, they, they should have been open up for the fucking Goo Goo Dolls, you know. Fucking horrible shit. Fuck them. All right, Owen Door uh, says, "What do you all think of the big four of the '90s death metal? Morbid Angel, Death, uh, Cannibal Corpse, Deicide, Ralph being an OG of the Florida game. I'm sure know about Morbid Angel, Abominations of Desolation, was alive and well for the early days of Possessed, Amon, Flash, Deicide, etc. And Ian, I know." Uh, always has interesting views on the genre. Uh, love the Wing It episodes. Cheers. That's from Owen. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first to say that for me, Morbid Angel is the greatest of all death metal bands. Love early death. Love, uh, I even love like recent Cannibal Corpse pretty damn good. And I love uh, old school Deicide. Uh, I grew up on that stuff. You know, that was the Florida scene. All those all these bands were from Tampa, but they kept coming down, and I would see them in the early years, death, all these bands. And I absolutely love it, and I still love early death metal. I play it a lot. 
I can't get into death metal anymore, but I will always have a fondness of the early uh, death metal stuff. And as you talk about these bands, Ian, I'm going to go fill my glass. Okay. Uh, for the most part, I can give a frog's fat ass about death metal. Uh, I've definitely... I, appreciate it more now than I did when it came out. When it came out, I could give a fuck less. I thought it was all fucking noise. Um, if I had to pick my favorite out of those, I would say Death is probably my favorite nowadays. Uh, but, you know, I might go see Cannibal Corpse is coming here in October. And I, I just texted my son about it. It sucks it's on a fucking Monday. But, you know, if we can work it out, you know, we'll go. Um, but my favorite death metal band always has and always will be fucking Six Feet Under. And I know to death metal fans, they're like, oh my God, they are the fucking worst, you know? But I just, I like that Six Feet Under, it's like, to me, it's musically traditional metal uh, with the Cookie Monster vocals, you know? And for some reason, it works for me. I mean, granted, Barnes is like, yeah, it's gotten horrible. I mean, he makes David Lee Ross sound like Freddie Mercury, but... You know, uh, it just, it, it is what it is. I'm not a huge, huge fan. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of how I was when I first heard Thrash. You know, Thrash was kind of hard to accept at first because of A, the vocals, and B, the drums were just too chaotic and static for it. It wasn't musical enough to me. But then I grew to appreciate it, you know, but I still needed that gateway, you know, I needed that Joey Belladonna. You know, that like classic vocals with the heavier shit. And then as time went, I, I got into it more and more appreciated it. And I fucking love thrash. But death metal has never crossed over for me the way that thrash did. Where You know, where I came to accept it and love it. Um, it is what it is. I mean, if that's your boat, whatever. You know, but to me, and I know a lot of it's technical too, you know. Uh, you know, it's not easy to play, but... It's just not always music to my fucking ears. So, whatever. Give me traditional fucking metal. Alright, uh, let's see here. Ron Dimer said, I want Sabbath to rush on that Born Again remix box set before the band dies. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good luck. Me too, yeah. but we'll see. I want the Tony Martin box set. I don't give a fuck what Ian thinks. Jeff Kirk. Yeah. Jeff Kurt says, you guys should do 1988 in review, round out the even number. Sure, let's go, let's talk about a year that's not as good as everything uh, before 1984. I'm all for Yeah, those were fun episodes. Those were fun episodes, so yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Kahn says, Kiss, just kidding, how about the Fest episode? Uh, talk about Ozfest a lot, and or other festivals, whether you attended or not. Uh, I, Ozfest to me sucked. Yeah, there were some cool bands. For the most part, it was new metal crap. Um, I like yeah. I like the early festivals I went to at the Miami Baseball Stadium and the Orange Bowl. I mean, those that were cool fests, you know. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh... When I see festivals that happen in the early 80s, as far as hard rock music, I think they were much more interesting and much more diverse. Uh, Ralph hit the nail on the head. There was a bunch of new metal bullshit in the Ozfest. 
I mean, I always had a good time. I mean, I don't think there was an Ozfest I ever had a bad time, and I saw like probably ninety percent of them. You know, that toured nationally. Uh, and, and Ralph and I were at the same shows because I was in Florida at that time and I would always go down to West Palm to go see him. Uh, but yeah, a lot of new metal shit, you know, and then you got bands, you know, like looking back now, you see shit like, you know, uh, Crazy Town. Shit, you show shock, yo. Uh, you know, a band that, you know, their label paid for them to be on the show and there was a lot of that shit behind the scenes you know these bands labels paid for these bands to be on there uh bands who didn't deserve to be on there but then you would see incredible you know people play at Ozfest too but the thing i don't like about festivals is if you're not the headliner it's a greatest hit set or an abbreviated set and like what i saw yesterday yeah yeah what you what you saw with megadeth that that's like a yeah. stereotypical fucking Ozfest set, you know? Yeah. Like, we're just gonna play the hits because 80% of the people here are fucking retarded and they only know what the fuck they hear on the radio. And they like them just getting Slipknot. Yeah, you know, and that's, it's it's like the difference of seeing, you know, Cheap Trick headline and Cheap Trick opening up for somebody, you know? You're always gonna see a great show, but if they only have 40 minutes to play, it's gonna be, yeah, there's no surprises. I like surprises. Are you, you know, like, are you are you a Slipknot fan, Ian? I tell you what. I tell you what. Uh, my favorite album. Funny you should ask this. Very funny you should ask this. By the way, um, I saw them on the opening. You know when they first came out tour, and it was too rappy for me. You know that. You know spit it out. It, it, that was like some Limp Biscuit shit and fucking Kiss masks. Uh, Iowa, I thought, had some good thrash on it. Everything after Iowa, I thought, was like new metal garbage, like radio shit, you know, like that duality. Everything from volume three on to me was a bunch of radio fucking garbage. But they just released this fucking EP uh, called Adrenaline, or not Adrenaline, what the fuck was it called? Uh... What's the, I'm trying to think of the medicine you take if you got ADHD. And if you don't have ADHD, you cut it up, you snort it, and, you, and it's like Coke. Um, anyway, whatever that's Adderall. Adderall. So uh, they released this uh, Adderall EP. And I downloaded it like a fucking idiot because for some reason I'm a fucking completist. I'm like, well, let me have it. You never know if I'll change my attitude about the band. So I listened to the song Adderall. And it's off their last studio album. I fucking loved it. Lo- I, I listened to this song about six times in a fucking row. Um, and, but it doesn't sound like Slipknot to me. It, there, there's nothing about this song that screams out Slipknot. But for whatever reason, I like this song. So that would be like on a special, like, bands I don't really give a shit about. But, man, I really dig that fucking song. I love this Adderall song. But overall, uh, Slipknot, yeah, yeah. I could give two fucking fucking fucks about them. They're another band like fucking Kiss or Ghost that wouldn't be shit without their fucking gimmick. And and, and I love Ghost, but Ghost just keeps getting worse and worse every fucking album. But if that if they didn't come out there and put on the show that they put on, nobody'd give a shit. Same way that Kiss didn't take off the fucking makeup when the originals left again. 
because nobody would fucking give a shit. All you fucks give about is a goddamn gimmick and a fucking show. It's all a fucking magic trick. It has zero to do with fucking music. End of I love local bands that are unsigned and kick yeah. ass. That's what I'm into. See, if people were like me, rock wouldn't be dead. But all you fucking idiots, oh, it's gotta be signed. We're gonna go out there and check out the local scene, you fucking... You're no music fan. You're yeah. not. I'm sorry. You gotta go out there in the trenches and find yeah. local bands. And see, yeah. see, see, the problem is try finding a local band that plays originals. Well, you know? no, okay. In Florida, we have them. I'm sure yeah. they're... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're out and about, but what gets the traction and what you find out about... Is, is the fucking cover bands, which I don't think there's anything worse than a fucking cover well, band. Well, that's because... I, 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 I don't even care if it's a band that I like. Well, that's you know, because, just... Ian, that's because rock is dead. Another big example of rock being dead is that the people that like rock would rather go see a tribute band than a band doing original material. Yeah, no, and that's... And I, I said this again a million times on the fucking show, but I repeat it again. A friend that worked for the biggest classic rock station in Central Florida, and they said, "Hey, do you want to hear, um, you know, the same artist but deep cuts, or do you want to hear the same shit?" And ninety percent of the people wrote back. I think it was even higher than ninety percent. I want to hear the shit I know, the shit I can sing along with, you know, the shit I don't have to learn. It's background music anyway. Most people don't give a fuck. Most people don't give a fuck like you and me give a fuck. You know, sometimes we sound like fucking angry old men, but it's because we give a fuck, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, man. It's kind of like people that say that rock isn't dead. They, they, number one, they're of course, they're fooling themselves because yeah. they, they, they want to believe their shit's yeah. alive. But yeah, you, you know who said rock isn't dead? And oh. on, uh, on Chris Inzak's thread, I saw uh, Rick Fox <laughs> said, Rock isn't dead as long as Decibel Geek and, and you other shows keep promoting it. It won't die. Well, it, it won't die to a handful of us. Yeah. That will not that will not propel them into arenas. But you, you know what? It, it's about as live as Betamax. Yeah. You know, there's people there's people out there who collect Betamax. But you ain't the fucking masses. You know, yeah, that shit exactly. that shit ain't coming back, you know? All right, Montana Hales. He says, if Def Leppard did a tour where they would only play th uh, the songs from the first three albums, would you go see it? Uh, let me answer this one at first. I will not go see it if Phil Collins is there. Get Pete Willis there to play it with Vivian Campbell, and I'll go. It's the only way I'll go. Not with. I don't want to hear Phil Collins desecrate those early songs like he still does. Well, when they do any of their early shit. Uh, his solos are horrible, man. Vivian Campbell's awesome, but of course he's in Def Leppard, so he can't show his real talent in Def Leppard. So he just goes there for a paycheck. and uh, But he can shred and have him and Pete Willis share the stage. I'd go. Uh, you know, I'd go no matter, no matter what. If they were only playing shit off the first three albums, 
Yeah, I'd go no matter what now. Yeah, if I had my dream to set, yeah, would Colin be gone and fucking Rick Allen be gone? I'd rather have Rick Allen gone than Phil Cullen, you know, honestly. I'm, I'm sorry, kick him out on his good arm, you know? You can't do it, you know? It, it, it's like you're a fucking Olympic swimmer, and but you lost both your legs. You can't do it anymore. God damn it. I feel sorry for the guy. I'm not happy he lost his fucking arm. I'm you know? fine with it. With the one arm. Yeah, fine. My fucking fat ass. That, that shit's fucking terrible. It, it sounds like, I am Robbie the Robot playing drums. Do, 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 do. A drummer needs two fucking fucking arms and two fucking legs. God damn it. You want to talk about the most physical fucking instrument there is, fucking drums. You know? It's like playing a bagpipe, but you got no fucking mouth. Get the fuck out of here. Not that anybody wants to hear a bagpipe anyway, but if you can't blow into a thing you're supposed to blow into, how in the fuck are you supposed to hit something you can't fucking hit because you only got one fucking arm? God damn. He fine when I saw him. He even did a drum solo. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did fine the same way Paul Stanley does fine at a fucking Kiss concert. Hey, man. It, 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 it's hey, all hey, fucking hey, 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 hey. Don't get snappy with me, buddy. Okay. All right. I love you. Yeah, man. I like Rick Allen. You don't. All right. Yeah. Let's move no, on. I, I like the guy. I don't hate the fucking guy. But I'm it's, saying it's like... I like how he plays drums, still. Okay. 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 Let's put it this way. You're a fucking eunuch, but you want to be a porn star. Yeah. It works. You got to have a fucking dick. Uh, what, what the fuck are you going to do? Well, Rick Allen's a drummer, not a porn star. Yeah. yeah. Damn right. right. Let's move on to the next question. The guy that loves everything. Jeff Beards. Oh, shit. He says, dude, is, isn't, wait, hold on. I got a call. <laughs> All right. Jeff Beard says, dude, is, isn't the Tales of the Crypt Demon Knight soundtrack rad? Tales from the Crypt is was one gnarly show i own that soundtrack it has uh doesn't have anthrax on there doing bordello of blood yeah well well no that's on the bordello of blood soundtrack on uh demon knight i think you got pantera's on there uh fucking megadeth bunch of good shit. they're both good soundtracks and demon knight's the better of the two yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, yeah I think Megadeth does diamonds on that. And uh, a great, great fucking movie. I mean, I love Tales from the Crypt. I love both the movies. I even love Bordello of Blood. A lot of people are like, ah, it's not Demon Knight. I love them both. Uh, yeah, it's a good soundtrack. I, fuck, I think Demon Knight soundtrack's better than fucking Last Action Hero. Because it's got those fucking, uh, that horrible fucking Queen Drake song in there. Yeah. Yeah! All right. Bad, man. Vincent Longo. What would be your guys' top couple movies from the 90s to present? Um, I would say, was Goodfellas in the 90s? Yes. Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction, Dr. Sleep, and Pick a Destiny would be my... Well, let's see. One more. One more. Um, Casino. Those will be my top five movies from the 90s to now that I can think of. Mm, top five 90s until now. Oh, boy. That's a rough one. You named a couple of them, though. Casino, Goodfellas. Um, oh, Pulp Fiction needs to be up there. 
I, I love Pulp Fiction. I respect Pulp Fiction. Not my favorite Tarantino movie. Um, I would put Carlito's Way by Brian De Palma in there. Uh, I would put Reservoir Dogs actually over uh, Pulp Fiction. But if I had to pick one Tarantino, it would be Jackie Brown. Um, so if I want five, I got to pick one more. Oh. Uh, I know what you did last summer? No. No, I have no idea, and then that movie sucks. It's like Scooby Doo fucking horror. Like most horror nowadays. Um, Twilight? I, I, I think I'd have to add, uh, I mean, I mean, fuck it. I'll have two Scorsese's, a De Palma, and two Tarantinos. I'd have, have to put Jackie Brown and Reservoir Dogs on there. That'd be my top five that I can think of right now. But I've been drinking. Right on. And, and they're all nineties. <laughs> all nineties. New yeah, movies I, suck. New movies suck. You fucking comic book fucking nerds. Well, I put Doctor Sleep. That's out of the nineties. I, I I love. I, no, that yeah. Uh, Dr. Sleep's awesome. I love it. All right. Uh, this may be the last one. Johnny Bogan again. Um, who who Ian and I both agree we love him a lot. Love that guy. We, we love, love him. him. We love what a good looking man. What a, and he know he knows how to rock a pair of shades. Yes. God damn. It's just unfortunate that he's not funny though. Yeah, and his music taste is fucking horrible. Yeah. Well, he says, they are making a live-action McDonald's movie. So far, Sammy Hager has been cast as Ronald McDonald and Wolfgang as the Hamburglar. <laughs> hey, you laughed. You found it funny. <laughs> I did okay. not. To me, Johnny Vogan reminds me of what other people when they do podcasts. <laughs> oh, oh, that's low. Come on. Come yeah. on. Well, you know, you know, we know what happens when other people do podcasts. It yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's bad. But uh, go on. Yeah, well, that's it. Oh, that's terrible. Johnny Vogan trying to Johnny Vogan. Go back to drinking your overpriced fucking craft beer and watching fucking Cobra Kai. God damn. Yeah. Comedy. Uh, comedy is not for you. Yeah. Yeah. Not you. You know what's funny though? You know what's he ought to put up his like Spotify playlist. Yeah. Now that that would be fucking comedy. See, 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 uh Johnny, heard what Ian just said. Now that was funny. Hey, 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 but you know where I got the idea? Was fucking Dick Twatkins. <laughs> Dick Twatkins posted his fucking Spotify shit. And I had to laugh because like Motley Crue was like number five. Yeah. I'm like, really? Really? Uh, it's bad yeah. enough that you listen to Spotify. But Motley Crue's your number five. I love Jeez. his band. I love his band so much. And and he wrote me. Oh, a, yeah. He wrote me a couple weeks ago. Hey, dude, we're playing. Uh, uh, I forgot where in Florida. That's like six yeah. hours away. Oh, yeah. like, fuck, dude. That's six hours from me, dude. Yeah, they got. They got. They got to come up with a new uh, name, though. You you don't like Wild Ride? No, no. And they misspell it. And it, it, it just makes me think of Wild Stains. I think of Bill and Ted. And I, I think, hey, I'm being serious here. I, I love the music. I, I think, you know, great band, good guys. 
But uh, Wild Ride, who picked that shit? Who lost a bet and got to pick the name of the band? I don't know. Not, 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 not a fan. But by no means, no means am I, am I slamming the band. I think they're fucking awesome. Dick Twakin's rules. I think he's a fucking great uh, person, a great bass player, a great fucking dad. Uh, he's just, he, he's a perfect guy. But yeah, Wild Ride, you gotta change that shit. You know? The only, the only thing that'd be worse if it was like White Ride. You know, like White Lion. White, you know, I don't know. Gotta change that fucking name though. White Ride? Yeah, no, yeah, that would suck too. Yeah. And don't call it Satan's Taint either. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There, there's gotta be a fucking middle ground here. That was a damn good, uh, that two really good albums from Satan's Taint. No, I, 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 I dumped that shit, but God damn, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, a name's just doomed, you know, it, it's, it's like when we were on our break and I did uh, Diabolus and Podcastica, I said that shit is a fucking joke and Toomey ran with it. Yeah, that shit was horrible. Yeah, I'm like, that's a, that's a fucking terrible name. You think I had a hard time fucking getting people to say Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, which is another horrible name. Uh you know, but trying to get Bobby Blitz to say Diabolus and Podcastica. Get the fuck out of here. God damn. Pod fluid. Pod fluid, yeah. It's it's great and it's so now, but I don't think it would stand the test of time because eventually we're not going to be this pussy ass fucking, uh, you know, nation we are now. Or, or even planet. Oh, it's so fucking crazy. think pod fluid will get banned? Yeah, well, yeah, it just sucks. It just if if we change our name to Pod Fluid, Justin Chambers would never listen to us anymore. Who's Justin Chambers? Or what the fuck's his name? I don't know. Who's the guy who hates us now? Who's on? Uh, God damn it, Justin Childers. <laughs> oh, Justin, Justin Childers. Childers hates us. Yeah. I didn't well, know. I mean, I mean, he would never listen to us if we were Pod Fluid, and he hasn't been my friend since Trump got elected, but. Um, yeah, so someday this political correctness shit will all end, and we're all gonna fucking laugh at it. But right now we're in the thick of it. Well, my thing is that we are the best fucking podcast. Yeah, you're right. And all the all the other podcasts can kiss my ass, but I do want to say that the only podcast that is not allowed to kiss our asses, the Decibel Geek. And rock all over you podcast. They get thumbs up from me. Yeah. And whatever Ken Mills does. Ken Mills isn't doing anything anymore. That that pisses me off. That pisses me off. God damn. Yeah, well all these crappy podcasts going on, Ken ain't around no more. Yeah. You know, it's crazy though, if you think about it. Look how many podcasts were like big and around when we first started and how many are left, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, I, I'm glad we're starting to do this YouTube shit because I'm beginning to think podcasts are about as dead as fucking rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcast I mean? is going to die. I think this is a, I don't know. I think we still got some good few years left, but. Oh yeah. No, we got, we got some time left, but we, we do have to adapt and change and everything is going uh to youtube you know 
And that's why, you know, I've said it before, uh, again, a million times when we first started this, you know, I wanted to do YouTube. And because uh, I thought like, no, people need visual and that, that's where the shit's going. But I, I think even we would suffer on YouTube because of the length. I mean, what is it now? We've been going for almost three hours. These people don't have the fucking attention span for this shit. They don't. You know, they like that. That's what, you know, sometimes I, I, I laugh at like, you know, your track by tracks because they're so short. But that is perfect for YouTube. It's so smart. It's such great business sense because you cut out everything. You just give it what it is. And that's, you know, not everybody's, but the majority's attention spans. And I, I think not only because of your talent and what you do, that's why your YouTube page is so successful. Because you could put up the same thing. If you put up a track by track that was three hours long, nobody give a fuck. You know, but you, you're straight up, ah, this one's better than this one. Your mom sucks cocks in hell, you know. That sells. That's perfect. And that's, you know. Like I said, besides your talent, that is the secret of the success, the secret sauce. But luckily for us, we, we care nothing about success. <laughs> yeah, we got that we got that rocket sauce. Yeah, we do, we do have that rocket sauce, but few people can handle our rocket sauce. And you know, I, I think about how many people you know that are passionate about music, that love this shit, but they would not sit there and listen just listen to what we do you know it's a niche thing you know and that's why i think we're doing the right thing and i have the tools now to you know uh do what you do and you know we can take this shit to youtube and i think it's going to be good I, I think it's going to be great for the show it's going to make us it's going to be some next level shit but then we're also there's a chance of us getting banned from everything but it is, we're never going to fucking change. You know? Hey, we're going to get banned, but we'll come right back. We'll make another channel. Exactly. Or we'll go to another platform. But I mean, that's the thing. I'm 49. You're like, what, 59? Uh, 58. 58. We're not going to fucking change. You know, we're going to do fucking us. And if we get banned from here, we'll take it somewhere else. And the people who give a fuck will follow. The people who don't won't, you know. So just so, we're, yeah, just so everybody knows, as Ian said earlier, he is completely hooked up. Um, uh, uh, you know, just he's coming on my channel this Thursday. Yes, yes. It's, it's you all should tune in because it's going to be a taste of what Ian and I are going to do on YouTube, but it's going to be much more scandalous. Because Ian, come on, man, don't don't get my channel taken down. Um, yeah. Behave yourself. Just bash on hot dog, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll do the best I can, but you know, you know, it's like I fucking, you know, I get nervous around Martin Popoff because I have such respect for Martin Popoff, but he starts defending some fucking, you know, uh, in through the outdoor. I'm uh, gonna school his ass, you know. Yeah, right. you'll be schooling me too, because you know, I just, I love that album. Yeah, yeah, fuck both of you, but I love you, you know. Yeah, no, respect you both. But no, but it's going to be fun, but just, you know, that's going to be a little taste. But you know, once we go on YouTube and it's just me and Ralph, you are going to get the full-blown fucking, you yeah, know. You're going to be there with us because it's going to be live. Yeah. And you get to join us, ask questions, we'll be reading them. Yeah. Our show on YouTube is going to be us with you. You know who does that? Death will be. 
Because yeah. I've been on a couple of Decibel Geek Live things, and mm-hmm. they have people talking, you know, and they're answering questions and shit like that. So yeah. we're doing that same thing. You know, we're totally ripping off Decibel Geek. But, oh, of course, the secret to our success. Yeah. You know, is, is take what Decibel Geek does well and, and get dirtier. You know, it's okay when we rip off podcasts because we do it well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but but once again, I'm going to tell everybody, you know, if you want to see our dig dongs, that's some Patreon shit. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and you're going to need a magnifying glass. Yeah, but we're not above it. We'll do anything for money. Just like yeah. Dead Leopard and Motley Crue. <laughs> so, yeah, right. hopefully I'll see Peter Phantom soon and Ted Nugent. That's all I got coming. I was going to go see Completely Unchained, this Van Halen tribute band. I was yeah. excited. I was like, yeah, I've seen them before. You know, they do nothing but the Dave stuff. And okay. Good. It's pretty weird because the singer, the Daily Roth guy, has got a, a tramp stamp. Uh, oh. Very odd. I've never seen a guy with a tramp stamp. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I have a friend who has a tramp stamp on his belly. No, that's not a tramp stamp. Uh, it's a tramp stamp, but it's on his belly. Trust me. Okay. Well, Gary Gunn, you know who you are. And, and Tim Bream knows who you are. Watch out. Sinkin' Stanley will make a video about you. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, I got, uh, coming up, I'm going to go see, uh, Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade, uh, doing Animals in its entirety. I'm seeing that in a couple weeks, and then I'm seeing Neil Young at the end of the month, too. So, no metal shows, but uh, some shows I'm excited about. But I want to go see, like I said, I might go, uh, oh, you were getting your drink or whatever. Uh, I talked to my son about go seeing Cannibal Corpse and Mayhem uh, in Tacoma, which Tacoma is only like fucking like 20 minutes from me. But it's on a Monday, so I'll see if my son can get out, because he's more... Yeah, that's more his thing. But I'd like to see Cannibal Corpse. Okay. Just to say I saw them. They're awesome. Oh, you never seen them? No, no. Oh, you got to see Cannibal Corpse. They're amazing. No, the only death metal bands I've seen is Six Feet Under and... Uh, well, that's not really death metal. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I woke, this horrible band I saw open up for um, Overkill. What were they called? Fucking uh, Nile. Oh, yeah, Niall, they're way too pummeling. Oh, that shit was fucking horrible. I'm, I'm friends with their bass player. They, they just hired my friend as their bass player. Yeah, they are too too pummeling, man. It's too, yeah. it's just too much, you know? Yeah, I, I don't even think they have an instrument player in there. I think they just go up and fucking fart and growl in the mic. Just bashing, growling. Yeah. 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 I, I, but I, but I, I think they wore makeup, so at least they had a gimmick, you know, uh, so I'm sure no, somebody no, likes no. them. No, now it doesn't wait on me. No, they don't. You probably saw a different band. Yeah. No, Nile is way too pummeling. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's all about the early shit. It just became overkill afterwards, you know. Yeah. It's just the same old, same old. I mean, to me, it all it all came to head when I went to Sun and Steel Fest in Tampa in two thousand. I think it was 2002. <laughs> Man. I mean, yeah, you had some great bands like, you know, you had Testament and Raven, Body Count, you know. But 
the rest of the show was death metal after death metal after I was I was desensitized. It was like, God, I couldn't make one band after the other after that. It was like yeah. an upper you know? Yeah, I mean, seriously, a lot of that death metal, it's no different than the fucking hair metal. It shit all sounds the fucking same. You know? Wow, it's just too much. I, I can't get into anything. I, you know, there's a few things. I, I like a band called Corodia, and I like I burn its mortis, but but it's it, it's just too little. It was, uh, Destroyer Six Six Six, I like a lot, but no, it's nothing like the early death metal, man. There was something, it was something in the air back then for me. It was so fresh, new yeah. and killer. And no, I didn't get it at first. My my friend George lent me uh, leprosy from death, and I hated it. I was like, "What is this garbage?" Now it's like I wore. That's my favorite death album. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I've seen, I've gone to more death metal shows than any other type of shows, because you know that's where all my friends hang out, and I do dig. I like death metal a lot, lot. I just don't like listening to it at home unless it's the classic. So if there's a new pummeling death metal band, or like, you know, I saw Vader not too long ago. I'll go see Vader. I mean, they're fucking awesome. They're from Poland. And, um... Oh, so they play everything backwards. That's awesome. They're, they're badass. And, uh... You know, I love Immolation. That's another killer band. From Yonkers, New York. And, uh... But, you know, I mean, incantation is cool. But, dude, to me, it's all about traditional Judas Priest heavy metal, man. That's, yeah, give me that shit. That's my favorite shit right there, you know. All right, well, if we're done with the fan questions, we might as well go into pick of the week. You already got one? No, I don't have one. All right, sing the song. It's the only time that's cool to say in before Ralph. Pick of the week. All right. Well, I know Ralph hates us, but my pick of the week is a double shot this week. Uh, but it's very worthy of it. And I hope Ralph got both of these from me already because I sent them to him. But the new uh, remasters of Killer and Schools Out by the Alice Cooper Band. And I think they sound amazing. And the way to my ears a remaster or what have you a remix should be now this isn't a remix mind you this is a remaster but man did they clean this shit up without sacrificing uh, the sound of these uh, original records and I know everybody loves killer that just goes without saying but uh, I'm surprised I don't Ralph you're one of uh, among those like school's out you're like kind of eh I don't as a whole. I've always loved Schools Out, and maybe that's, you know, because I was raised on it, and not only that, but um, uh, something that, you know, is heavily in the album is West Side Story, uh, the original, you know, and, and I, you know, my, my dad loved it, and I, so I'd see it a lot as a kid, and I didn't look at it as like a pussy musical, you know, it was kind of like a, you know, like a, like a manly musical. But I got all of like the Gutter Cats versus the Jets, you know, in Street Fight. And, and there's little references here and there to West Side Story that I just always got as a kid. But I mean, you know, the title track I love, I love My Stars, Public Enemy, Animal Number 9, Alma Mater. 
I, I think is amazing. And even grand finale, which is so fucking weird, but I dig it. I mean, to me, it's like, if I'm listening to this, you know, I go to site two, you know? I mean, I love it all, but I, most importantly, I think these albums sound fucking great. You can get them on vinyl and get the original packaging, you know, you get the panties, the school's out, the desk opening up, uh, you know, killer, you get the fucking, um, uh, the calendar, and then you get, you know, these live shows that sound awesome. They don't sound shitty. You know, one's, uh, the school's out, one's recorded in Miami, uh, the killer show is from, like, Puerto Rico, or some fucking place like that, uh, you know, but just killer shit. The albums sound great. This, these are ones that are definitely worth a rebuy, not like the fucking Kiss remasters and shit. You know, and, you know, it's when you're gonna do something like this, do it right or don't do it. They did it right. I think it sounds great. Have you had a chance to listen to them yet, Ralph? No, I have not. Uh, well, do yourself a favor and check those out. Uh, but yeah, the new reissues of Schools Out and Killer, those are my picks of the week. Did you uh, find something? Yeah, right? yeah. I got this in the mail the other day from a really cool dude that's always donating to my channel. He's a cool dude with autism, by the way. Uh, they do have those. Yeah, yeah. They're, he's a very nice guy. He's, you know, uh, he's very strange. And he, yeah, he's the same guy that got me into Gentle Giant. Okay. But here's another band he got me into that I loved a lot that he ended up buying me the vinyl. And I'm holding it right here. It's an obscure band from the 70s called Blood Rock. You ever heard of Blood Rock? Fuck no, but it sounds good. Blood Rock is like an early 70s kind of like acid rock, heavy band. Fucking garagey, just killer shit. And they have. The first album, Blood Rock 2 and Blood Rock 3. I have Blood Rock 2 and Blood Rock 3. I do not have the first one yet, but I need to get it. Uh, they were on Capitol Records, and they kicked ass, man. A lot of people, they're very um, <clears throat> popular as far as like a cult band. Now, you know, people look back at Blood Rock like they're gods, and they were, man. They were fucking awesome. And uh, that my, my pick would be Blood Rock 2, the second album. Though I've heard the first one and the third one, and they're all great. But my pick, which go check out on YouTube, Blood Rock 2, the, the, the two album. It just kicks mighty ass. Killer uh, early 70s shit, you know? Awesome. Well, I have never heard of them, but I will definitely look into that. Sounds like something to be right up my fucking alley. Yeah, awesome. I, think, I think you would dig it. I really do. All right. Well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week. And uh, Fan of the Week, I, I, I've got a fucking trifecta here. And I, I think they've all been Fan of the Week before. But, man, three people that I cannot think of, you know, not being around this show. And that's Charlie Hill, Daniela Hill, and Edwin Canastracci. Oh, yeah. Triple shot. What, what, what was oh. Oh my God, I love all of, you know, just amazing. And I know, you know, we've talked a lot about Charlie and Daniela and for good fucking reason. They are amazing people. You were at their wedding. I saw them on their honeymoon. And I mean, they're just salt of the earth, amazing fucking people who 
live it and breathe it. Not only do they love this show, but they love music. They continue to go to live shows. They buy, you know, albums. You know, they stick with it. They don't give up. And they're just, I, I mean, some of my favorite people on the fucking planet. Then you throw my fucking favorite WAP in there, Edwin Canastracci. I mean, this guy, uh, he's so important to me. He didn't even know how to pronounce his last name until he met me. You know, he was trying to, he was trying to wasp it up, you know, so he could, you know, get into the fucking golf club. But now he embraces his Italian roots. He knows he's half black and he doesn't get mad about that, you know. Uh, and he has an amazing fucking YouTube channel. He's doing very, oh, his, very... His YouTube yeah. channel is awesome. And also, you got to commend him because he's one of the very rare, extremely rare people that, you know, is part of the RMCP Army and started a podcast that's actually good. Yes. So, I mean, I think that would be the first podcast that we influenced that is actually a good podcast. Yeah, he, he does a great fucking job. I'm so, so fucking happy about his success. But not only that, he's also an accomplished writer. And, you know, he's just a fucking awesome dude. I'm so fucking jealous you got to be. I'm jealous you got to hang out with Charlie. You get to see him fucking at every show. You know, I've only got to hang out with him twice. But I cherished each time, you know. And, uh, you know, I was a little sad when... when uh, Edwin moved to Tampa. You know, go back to Cali, but but you know, pick somewhere better than LA. But uh, I'm so happy for his success, man. When I saw how many subscribers he's got now, how his videos are doing, it's like I'm a proud papa. But you know what? He he done it all himself. But still, you know, I'm glad that we can inspire people, and it not turn out like all the other shitty fucking shows we inspired. You know, yeah. So, but all three of those, you know, and you know, I just it means so much to me, you know. And I got a lovely uh, text message from Trinity uh, this week. You know, she listened to the last episode, and uh, she said we got to stop this shit. She said Connor made her listen to it while she was driving, and she started crying. She was so uh, touched by the kind things we said. But we really do love you guys, you know. And you mean a lot to us. And when we can meet you and hang out with you, uh, you know, it's just as thrilling for us. Well, no, it's, it's more thrilling for you. But it, we like it too, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, that's the thing. Like, when you guys come to Rock and Pod, and we can't stress that enough, uh, we love meeting you guys. And we hang out with you. And I guarantee you, there is no podcast that hangs out with their fans and their friends that take them in the way we do, you know, just as Chuck Charles Manson, you know, and, and, you know, Scott Stein and all these people. And yeah, these guys did a lot for us while we're there, but you know what? We would have done the same thing if they didn't have a car and they didn't take us around. We would have spent the same amount of time with you and had the same good times, you know, and, you know, Metal Mike and Bushy and everybody, man. You know, I encourage all of you go to these rocking pods while they while they happen. <laughs> you know, because that shit might end up dead. And I, I hate, sorry, Chris Inzak, I hate saying that, but you know, Chris Inzak's still involved, but he's not going to be as involved. So who knows? There might be a point where we are no longer welcomed at these rocking pods. You know, is what I'm scared of, or it might be too cost prohibited 
for us to go to them, you know? So, you know, when you when you guys get a chance to hang out with us or meet up with us, you know, take advantage of it because we love it just as much as you guys do. And we appreciate you all. So, but Borderline Charles, uh, you know, Charlie, Daniela, and Edwin, you are our fans of the week. Hell yeah. They're awesome. And I applaud these. Yes. And let's see, as far as the next show, uh, I am taking a test for my state license next Saturday. So I don't know what we're going to be doing next weekend. Uh, if we do something next weekend, depending on route schedule as well, it might be another one of these, but we will get back and we will finish the, the fan episodes. But I think you might get another uh, just off the cuff one from us. But uh, been enjoying the feedback. Glad you guys like it. But if you enjoyed this shit, and you very much should, come back next week or whenever the fuck we return for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is a what what's in your butt and schmackabaga production. All rights reserved. Your mother's a whore. <laughs> Ah!